The boundaries have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio. Some men you just can't reach. I don't like it any more than you men. show heading into middle age of 40s and whatnot but we're still 39 so we're going to stick with our useful topics as usual we have new jersey school corruption we have an a film out called white terror as well as uh wtc updates uh 9-11 uh stephen jones professor stephen jones uh, being dismissed or put on leave. We're going to cover that as well as other TNB stories, uh, five heads rolling in a disco, sawed-off shotguns in Kirksville, and a black serial killer on the loose, or was on the loose now, is behind bars, including and also White Solutions, Aryan Communities, how to proceed in the increasingly non-white world. Yeah, basically what we're going to talk about on today's Goy Fire number 39 is about community and who's destroying it and what you can do about it, what you and we can do about it. And yes. and we're going to we're going to it's also near the uh, we're taping this on uh Sunday when most Americans are are settling in, most white Americans are settling in to watch the niggers uh playing football. Well, we're telling you what they're doing off the field. And uh, after, and what some of those very same coons will be doing after hours, and we're talking about what they're doing in your local community, our local community. Uh, we use this Kirksville as an example, and and we'll be talking not only about TNB but TMB, typical Mexican behavior. And the Mexicans have been up to uh, nasty stuff on a number of different fronts, and and we'll discuss that and the the school corruption in New Jersey 911 anniversary, and then we'll uh, we'll close with the. Uh, Turning this from radio and virtual reality into, into physical reality. Top of the list tonight, uh, we have a rapper. Shizzle, my niggas, it's time for the TMB section of our program. 50 Cent, arrested in New York City. The G-Unit rapper was pulled over by Manhattan police for traffic violations, according to reports. 50 Cent was arrested today in Midtown Manhattan for allegedly driving his silver chrome-finished Lamborghini erratically. Officers pulled over the rapper near 35th Street and 8th Avenue, arrested him, and reportedly issued him four traffic tickets for the following violations. Unsafe changing lanes, failing to have plates, 
driving without license, driving without an insurance. Uh, the G-Unit main man was led away from the scene in handcuffs, briefly held in the Midtown South Precinct and released shortly after 3 p.m. after no outstanding warrants were discovered. They should have just checked the box being a nigger, fined him $500 and told him to go back to Africa. Yes. Now, Shane, uh, Jeff, you did get the first part of this story with uh, 50 Cent. Anything to say? Well, sure. Don't you find it funny that, you know, a nigger is driving a Lamborghini? Doesn't that tell you something is terribly mixed up in our society? Uh, uh, a creation of high-precision mechanics uh, that a nigger would never be able to create or understand? He's driving around New York City? This world is upside down. He has but right now these charges I just mentioned. Uh, driving with an expired permit, not even a license, an expired permit, driving without insurance and driving without a vehicle registration and making an unsafe lane change. And it says in one report that he may face fines of $220. <laughs> you know, <laughs> speeding tickets in this country cost about 140 nowadays, something like that in many states. So uh, that report is either wrong or he's getting special dispensation even on that account. Look, 50 cents for the people who don't know, has done a couple of big hits. One of them is called In the Club, and you can download that one on Google. And another one is, uh, I don't know what you heard about me. I'm a motherfucking PIMP. And so this is full of essentially <laughs> hate motherfucking S-T-U-P-I-D is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he in, in that particular song, he talks about, he says, bitch, you'll be wearing a, he says, you're talking about uh, Prada, and he names all these Italian and French designers. And he goes, bitch, you'll be wearing PaySave and, and uh, a dollar store, something like that, you know. He said, when, when, when I'm in charge of you. And, uh, of course, niggers all over this country are running white girls as prostitutes. So this is what uh, has come to be high-level success in this country uh, for congoloidals. And this is what whites, young whites in particular, look up to and revere. And it's not uncommon that... Um, <clears throat> This kind of wealth is expected and respected in Jewized America all across the social spectrum. Yeah. Craig, I think you're exactly right. And, and white parents, you have to listen to what your kids are hearing because they're going to hear the stuff that's put before them. And they're going to, you know, people eat what you put in front of them. And they don't pay too much attention to it. And this is the kind of crap that the Jew society produces and promotes. And it's crap. And I, I frankly wouldn't discount that this was, uh, was uh, arranged by him to make him, him look. Uh, to, to up his uh, criminal credibility, sure. although he's supposedly been shot like eight times and been in prison a couple times. And uh, the contextual meaning of this is that we're, we're not just pointing it up to make fun of this stupid nigger who happens to be filthy rich, thanks to primarily white suburban kids, but to point out that no matter how many millions of dollars you give a nigger, he's still a nigger. Just like O.J. Simpson, he, they still commit all the crime and do all the stupid things that the ones without money have. It's not a matter of money. Money does not turn niggers into human beings. And we have to say that a million times. We'll say it a million and one times. It's true. You cannot have them. And, and we're talking about community today and how it's destroyed. And the deification of creatures like this is, is part of what destroys society, having false idols. Regardless of who puts those idols up on the pedestal, they'll be worshipped. And we'll even see in, in Kirksville how, how these, uh, these coons uh, like uh, 50 Cent are destroying it. But like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't entirely discount that uh, he uh, didn't intend this result. So as a publicity stunt or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's driving, he's driving, listen to this, silver chrome finished Lamborghini Murcielago uh, 
without any uh, without any uh, plates, without any driver's license, an expired license. I mean, come on. Even a the nigger knows he's going to get pulled over. Yeah. I mean, a car like that is seen nowhere. I'm not sure about that. These things like these formalities, like laws and permits, and and uh, and you know, waiting in line until your number's called. Uh, you know, I'm not sure a lot of niggers do understand that concept of why we want an orderly society. You know, just like when you give matches to children, you know, they don't understand. Well, you know, you don't, you know, that the mm. danger of matches, and you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that these blacks, when when we allow them to have these implements of an advanced civilization, whether they be cars or guns or, you know, anything like this, uh, uh, any any sort of advanced implement like this, I'm not sure they fully understand the ramifications of their use. Well, Paul Fussell was one that always used to. Uh, speak about the commonality between the low, low classes and the upper, upper classes. And here, I guess in New York City, the Jews and the niggers, again, flaunting all types of... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he knows you've got to have a license in that. He just doesn't give a shit. And he's rich enough, he doesn't have to. And and I, like yeah. Craig said, I guarantee if you're a middle-class white and you get busted doing that, you're going to pay a lot more than $200. You're going to have your car impounded. You're going to be probably dragged off to jail and then have to get bailed out. Um <laughs> On a lot of those alone, hell, if you're driving with expired tags, I had one time, mine was like within a month and it went over when I was out in D.C. And damn it, they, uh, uh, I got pulled over for speeding and they, uh, they dragged my, they hauled my car off in the middle of the night. They, uh, they, they hauled it off somewhere, some <laughs> stupid impound lot because the, the thing had, uh, expired like, I don't know, a few days before and I hadn't got it renewed, whatever. So yeah, they'll, uh, they get more hassle than he got. So, yeah, it might have been or it might not, but either way, yeah, they don't care about, they certainly don't appreciate, they can't, they don't have the IQ to understand the reason that you have to be licensed and you have to fit into the system that way. This is just all candy and toys to them, white society. And so they treat it with as much respect as a monkey would. Let loose a tourist filmed him. Mm-hmm. A tourist filmed him and he got out the car, he said, uh, after first refusing to, uh, refusing the policeman's, uh, Orders. He he just picked up a cell phone and started talking at it, uh, in it, and then he got up and put his hands uh, immediately on the hood. Uh, so he knew the routine. He he. They may not know much about rules, but they know that rule. Paying people like fifty cent essentially to exist. They would not exist without our money, our medicine, our science, and our technology, and our political tolerance, which is purely an artifact of Jews controlling our system. And remember, they mixed whites with people like 50 Cent at gunpoint because we didn't want it. So we are being coerced. We are being essentially held captive by the Jews controlling our country. And they're telling us we're going to like it or uh, we're a hater and, and uh, we need to be put away. And, so and, some uh, other spear-checking rapper said that, 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 that whites want to see how they live, you know, as if it's a National Geographic special, you know, in the, in the, in the lobby huts or something. And that's true. <laughs> they glorify they glorify rappers when there's nothing admirable. It's just a dumb street scum nigger, yeah. violent, stupid. Can't be anything other than what it is. But you have a choice, white man, and you have to control your kids and teach them that look, this is not something to be admired. This is a piece of shit. Don't, don't give them the Republican bull. Oh, they're making wrong choices. They could choose to be something else. Blacks everywhere on the planet repeat exactly the same behavior because that's all their genes are capable of. They're stupid simians. They don't belong among us, and we state that yeah. more emphatically than ever. 
and no other source will. Right away they start talking about education. That's the big answer to everything. Education. They said we need more money for education. We need more, more, more books, more teachers, more classrooms, more schools. Uh, we need more testing for the kids. You say to them, well, you know, we've tried all of that and the kids still can't pass the test. They say, oh, don't you worry about that. We're going to lower the passing grades. And that's what they do in a lot of these schools now. They lower the passing grades so more kids can pass. More kids pass, the school looks good, everybody's happy, the IQ of the country slips another two or three points, and pretty soon all you'll need to get into college is a fucking pencil. <laughs> Got a pencil? Get the fuck in there, it's physics. Widespread fraud alleged in Camden, New Jersey. School, school officials in Camden, New Jersey have been under investigation for allegations of cheating on state tests, falsifying data, and a cover-up. The results of that investigation are expected any day. The alleged corruption is so pervasive and so blatant that New Jersey's Commissioner of Education has vowed to clean house. The two whistleblowers in the case say that's too little, too late for Camden's 17,000 school children. Jeff, I know you've been covering this. Uh, perhaps you could say a few words. In that clip we just played, uh, Carlin, he really tells a lot of truths. And, and we have the entire clip on... Uh, uh, GoVNN.com if you want to uh, click on that and and, uh, and explore what Mr. Carlin says. And, and he says a lot of truth, but he won't name the real problem. He gets close, like we will here, and that's the role that race plays in the destruction of our public schools and and and, and in terms of our communities also. Um, but our society is not allowed, except in a few places, a few corners of the Internet, internet to discuss innate biological differences, and in particular, uh, the cognitive differences between the race, that is how well each race thinks uh, or has the potential to think. And the schools have been, uh, because of this egalitarianism, this mad egalitarianism we've been forced to adopt, uh, to balance these results across the races. And what that normally means is that um, white children have to be deprived in some way either by admissions to schools, uh, elite schools or state schools in favor of uh, lesser qualified minorities. So in other words, the white kids' scores have to be brought down. White kids have to be deprived of their full uh, uh, chance at an education. And then uh, the converse uh, would be true, or the inverse would be true, that the uh, uh, mud population would have to be artificially raised uh, to uh, meet white. So what we see in Camden, New Jersey, uh, and is uh, the latest example of this, where uh, high-ranking school officials, superintendents, were fixing transcripts uh, and so on. Now, for those of you who have not been to Camden, New Jersey, uh, and do not understand why this is a racial question, well, uh, I went to one of Craig's favorite sites, that's citydata.com, and just for the record here, uh, Camden, New Jersey is 53% black, it's 39% Hispanic, and other race or mystery meat is 23%, and there's, <laughs> boy, there's a population of 7% white. This is, in, this is in New Jersey. So uh, I feel pretty bad for those 7%, and my advice would be to get out and let's make that 0%. Uh, but anyway, so... What we have there going on in New Jersey schools is an organized effort by the school officials to falsify transcripts uh, that, again, reveal the embarrassingly low performance of the MUD students. And 
I'm going to play this clip here, uh, or Stan will roll, roll the clip here in a, mo- in a moment. And what we have here was we have the reporter for NPR, Claudio Sanchez, talking about uh, talking with uh, two school officials that blew the whistle on the grade fixing uh, scandal. One student had failed all her math classes in her sophomore, junior, and senior years. But that, says Caruth, was not what her transcript said. Her um, transcript was changed. The grade was changed to, uh, I believe it was a C. And so at that point, I said, I have to tell the superintendent. I left a message asking to call me back. The next day, Assistant Superintendent Luis Pagan showed up. By that time, Caruth and Vegin say they had uncovered more bogus transcripts. For some time, they were keeping two sets of books. One set of transcripts was accurate. The other was doctored for college applications. Vegin and Caruth say Superintendent Annette Knox and Pagan told them to keep quiet about what they had found. Now that we have the whole affair uh, uh, laid out before our ears, uh, and uh, the media in New Jersey is covering this, we, there's not a lot of uh, national coverage. The only national coverage I'm aware of was on NPR. And um, and so now the state authorities, uh, who are not really commenting much on this, are monitoring the testing of the schools and, uh, and what white nationalists racially... Uh, racially conscious white nationalists would predict has happened. That is, the test scores have dropped dramatically now that the school officials, the um, state school officials, have inserted themselves in the process to monitor the results. And so here, roll clip two, Stan. H.B. Wilson Elementary last year had among the highest average fourth grade math scores in New Jersey. U.S. Wiggins Elementary posted high math scores and the third highest science scores. This year, with state monitors presiding over the testing, math and science scores at both schools plummeted. At Brim High, scores dropped sharply, too. The Camden School Board and District Spokesman Bart Leff would not discuss the matter with NPR. Okay, well, this really uh, shows how we don't want to be mixed up with these mud populations and have our children in the schools with them. I would just like to add that Camden is a, a blown-out ghetto and has been for at least a couple of decades. I think even Stan, you could say a few words about that. Good point. Our, in, our engineer Stan is from New Jersey, as, as a faithful boy for our listeners will know, and Camden was not always black. There was no, a time I, was civilized I, and white. Right, Maybe I wanted Stan, to add could that. could come on and discuss that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, what, what is Camden a byword for New Jersey? How do people living in New Jersey think of Camden? Uh, well, now they think of it as just uh, a bombed-out shithole that uh, should just be wiped from the face of the earth and salted and maybe eventually built back on. My grandparents uh, and, and my parents uh, lived there back in the day, and it was white. You could walk the streets at night not worry about being attacked or uh, robbed, raped, killed. Um, now... Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a war zone. If you're white mm-hmm. and you live there, chances are you uh, either fit in because you're you're a Wigger type, or you're just uh, old, and uh, you know are trying to hold on to the last remnants of your your existence in a place that you know. But I I don't know how that that could be relevant now because it's it's nothing like it used to be. Yeah, suffice it to say, it's a piece of hell on earth. Yeah, and what did they do? They they went and they dropped a uh, 
the State Aquarium and other entertainment facilities on the waterfront. But um, to get to these places uh, as a tourist or whatever, you have to, to run a gauntlet, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, to, to, to get in there uh, through, through the center of town. And, I mean, it's... it's the cops won't even ride around there at night. Yeah, and this is and there's no reason for this because it's right across from Philadelphia. It's it's across the Delaware River. It's riverfront property and its proximity to Philadelphia should make it um a lot more genteel than it is. Well, and at one time it Philadelphia was genteel. Is 50% black, so. Well, yeah, that today that's true. And now of course now Walt Whitman, for example, uh lived in Camden. Camden was was a very sophisticated and and well cultured part. Uh, I would even say outer suburb of Philadelphia, and today it's just it's totally non recognizable. Well, well, was it a homo center then? Is that why Whitman was there? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the destruction of communities. Camden is essentially like a black spot on your skin that keeps getting larger and larger, and you do nothing about it. Well, you're being eaten alive by some kind of cancer. And that's what coloreds represent. They destroy places. They destroy areas. It has nothing to do with what your liberal newspaper reporter says, i.e. place. It's race, not place. Crime is a function of race. Wherever blacks are, you will have criminal activity. And, and we're talking, in Camden, it's on a great scale. And in Kirksville, it's on a small scale. We'll talk about that toward the end of the program. But and and let's let's pull it back away from uh, that aspect of race, the crime, and 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 look at the education that that Jeff's talking about. And when you bring in blacks who are biologically, what is it, a standard deviation dumber than whites? They're in a, in a, that's in America. There are two in Africa, more than two deviations dumber than whites in Africa. But here they have 20% white blood, so their IQ is about 85 versus our 100 or 101. Now, when they cannot meet white standards, what has to give? Either the lie of equality has to give way or the standards have to give way. And as the George Carlin clip we played shows, it's always the standards that give way. Now, Carlin ripped the race and the, and the Jew, which is a subset of the race, out of the question. He left it at a pure John Taylor Gatto level of corporations wanting to dumb down the people along with the political elites. And that's true, but we know the specific elites that have done this to our kids and to our country. And that's the thing. You know, blacks can't meet standards, so let's drop the standards, or as they do with crime, let's simply not record the crimes and say that crime is dropping. Right so there's now, a kind of a falsification like... that comes in right behind the minority uh, so-called fellow citizens. Diversity right now, leads to, to the abandonment of standards or the, the, the falsifying of data. And now, so just with, like that... Camden is a mix of African and Puerto Rican, which is a, I guess, a uniquely East Coast phenomena. But mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans themselves are a mix of Caribbean uh, Indians and and Caribbean blacks. So they're they're almost the worst of both. Where they're they're, they're sort considered of a scum by other Latin Americans. Puerto Ricans are, and thanks to our stupid Congress, we Puerto Rican essentially has all the rights of of citizenship with none of the responsibilities. And they spread into New York, and there's so many of them that they've now spread to New Jersey and to other other parts, and they're uh, extremely undesirable people. And yeah, they constitute a subclass in uh, in Camden as well. Yeah, so you guys really know the area. You've laid it out pretty well there on the on the Camden, Camden, New Jersey. You don't want to be there. <laughs> These yeah, things again, have been proven for for, for uh, several decades now in tests, but again, the media will almost invariably spin it that it's because we're 
either not giving enough resources to minorities, not providing them with enough opportunities, but never will they uh, address that it's racial differences. Well, sure. And uh, in the Los Angeles County, they've been passing these things out like candy forever, and then once they get their degrees, their fake or, or semi-fake high school and uh, college degrees, then they get... Uh, uh, steamed up by the federal and state and local governments in very well-paying jobs, beat whites because uh, they have all these uh, set-asides and, uh, and uh, boosted point systems and so forth. And another thing I wanted to say about that George Carlin piece, I hope that becomes very very famous on the Internet, Jeff. And, you know, we've had some criticism on Goyfire because we say uh, <coughs> certain words. And so when Carlin's talking about that red, white, and dick shoved up your ass, I'm sure the Stormfronters are going to be highly offended by that and won't want to listen to George Carlin anymore. You know, excuse me, it's that's funny the, how that's a red, white, and blue dick. No, red, white, and blue yeah, dildo yeah, shoving up the American ass. And he says it's the American dream because you've got to be asleep to believe it. And, <laughs> and I would, uh, the country has been refounded by the Jews in the 60s on the lie of equality. And nothing that controverts that lie is allowed in the mainstream media. Therefore, every discrepancy or disparity between the races must be treated as racism and anyone who talks about the facts dismissed as a hater. And, and uh, another thing they do is blame the object. If there's crime, well, they never blame the nigger. They blame the place. Oh, it's an urban area. Why is it, it, It's not the fact that it's urban that makes it criminal. It's the fact that you've got a bunch of niggers collected there. Or they'll blame the gun. Well, the gun's an inanimate object. But they will never blame the black, and they will never point to the statistical patterns of behavior that even their own government collects. Although George Bush tried to cover them up. George Bush was just surprised that one of his black aides was was uh, buying things. I, I think it was at the Walmart. Yeah, and then, exactly. <laughs> you know, he, he was surprised. He busted. He's, and Craig, that's common for niggers because I knew people who worked in retail, and they niggers, and not just niggers, whites too, sometimes. But they love to do things like switch the uh, price tags. Yeah. And essentially, well, how that scam work? In case we have some nigger listeners from Goyfire, well, there's different ways. There's all money. kinds of scams. I mean, you can buy stuff and then return it. You can switch price tags on stuff and get something at a lower price. Uh, and and niggers are well acquainted with all of those. And the point is, this is a high level, supposedly educated, civilized nigger appointed by Bush because of his sure, in the White House every day. He's found doing exactly the same kind of scam that his ghetto rat brothers do, and that's directly equivalent to uh, fifty cent. That is, you can. You can stick the nigger in a suit, you can give it a million dollars, you can appoint it to high office, it's still a nigger. It does what niggers do. Just the same, you can't change a rhesus monkey by putting it in pants and calling it a student. And, and call, actually, yeah, it would be more humane to engineering. differences. No, we can't. This, and they, they cost a free country, but we can't talk about any of this freely. Right. Not in the mainstream media. You go in the mainstream media, like I did the other day, and talk about this. Oh, you're a hater. Before you say one word, they poison the well with 50 gallons of, of uh, manicide, you know? So, that, oh, you hate this, you hate them. Hey, I'm just pointing out facts and I'm pointing out how they affect my family and my community. And you're calling me a hater because I don't want to die and go down with the, the black uh, <coughs> tar pit? On Americans some level, that's how the people in the Old South used to treat them. They, they, they would they, uh, treat Negroes with, uh, uh, you know, as you would a, uh, an animal. Since they treat them very uh, kindly and uh, in, in large measure because they knew that they couldn't uh, uh, perceive things the same way white people do. So they took that into account and held them in a, in a certain uh, difference. Actually, Craig, that could be done as long as whites have the upper hand and segregation is legal. 
And we can say, look, yeah. you have your community, then they have the head of their community, the 10% that are capable of more or less human human uh, ability and, and civilization, and, we, and they, they run their community and they stay separate from us. So then there wouldn't be such big problems. Uh, but, but, of course, today equality is enforced by law so that you cannot bar your citizen. You cannot keep your, your city safe from niggers by law, by law. So that you begin to get what we're seeing in Kirksville now, which is niggers showing up with illegal sawed-off shotguns and firing uh, shots into things even and uh, r- raping underage girls and uh, what have you. And, of course, no one can discuss what's going on openly. That's the worst thing of all. You can never clear up a problem if you can't discuss it and solve it. What and that's what our media about? does. Our media doesn't cover things. It covers them up. It's a, it's yeah, a well, damn arm of government. Well, speaking of which, we have a new film out called White Terror. A neo-Nazi video originating in Scandinavia provides the starting point of an investigation of extremist networks in Europe, North America, and Russia. The propaganda is a message of hatred. Who's producing this movie? It's not us producing it. Who's Uh, who's behind this movie? uh, Well, let me get to that. The propaganda is a message of hatred, war, and segregation. As far as the film itself, now you can see the trailer for this film at www.whiteterror.com. It is directed by one Daniel Schweitzer, uh, born in 1959 in Geneva. You can see all the credits at the website whiteterror.com. This was given financial support from different organizations within Switzerland, France, Germany, Finland, etc. So, uh, Jane, you've been... Or you stumbled across this film. Uh, what do you have to say about it? Well, not only that, but uh, Alex and I, are, I'm pretty sure, are in it. I know I'm in one of the stills. And this guy went all over the world. And uh, he told us he was not a Jew. And personally, I, I just personally don't believe it, because all the indications are there, especially some of that quotation. Uh, you, you, you just... Uh, this is that little dude, huh, who did yeah, that? this is him. This and he has the director's comment. Go ahead, Alex. Give the, give the background on it, Craig. Well, first of all, let me tell him about the meaning of white terror. Let me back up a little bit. And white terror was the name that the Bolsheviks gave the Tsar's people. And then if you look on Wikipedia, if you type white terror and plus sign and then the word Wikipedia, uh, you'll find that it's been greatly lengthened to include him, virtually any white group, Ku Klux Klan, you name it. But originally, as I understand it, it was... The, the Bolsheviks' name, that is the, the Jewish communists' name for, for the Tsar's people. So this guy has come up here, what, how many years later, or 90 years later or something, and he's made this film, and it's a trilogy. And the first, were, the first two are basically about skinheads. Now this one, he went all over the world. He went to Sweden, he went to uh, Russia, he went to the United States, and he filmed with a... You know, it's a it's a big movie. It's not a uh, you know, it's not done with a little digital camera or anything. He had a whole crew, and so he went to Topeka to the Brown versus Board uh, uh, anniversary, which uh, White Revolution and DNN uh, was there, and uh, Pastor Richard Butler was there. He was still alive, and he gave this guy an interview. And by the way, I noticed that Schweitzer doesn't use uh, Pastor Butler's interview, probably because although Pastor Butler was old, he made too many good points. In any case. He said that he was most afraid of the Russian skinheads. All over the world he was doing this. And it reminds me of this other filmmaker to just uh, 
bring something else into it named Pierre Rehove, who just made uh, a film about suicide bombers in uh, Palestine, and he went and interviewed their families. And they have that on link on Free Republic, Pierre, Pierre R-E-H-O-V. But interestingly, this fellow is a Frenchman, too. So these French Jews come in under a cover, just like they do in the United States, and they're all of a sudden a Frenchman. But the fact is, uh, you know, and they say how he risked his, his life for Rehov. And, and Schweitzer said the same thing. He was afraid uh, everywhere he went. Why was he afraid? I think because he's, he's Jewish. I mean, all the signs are there. Yeah, let me give my account just briefly. This was Roper's rally, and we went out there, and, and they did circulate a picture of me and the AP holding the sign saying that blacks, you know, Brown versus Board of Education is about Jews using blacks to destroy whites, which is true. And we had a little rally, and we went back to uh, uh, someone's house there in Topeka, and then this film crew was there of unknown antecedents. And, you know, typical white nationalists jumping at any opportunity to get into the mass media without thinking it through. So I answered a few questions stiffly on camera. If he used what I said, I'd be real surprised because it wasn't dramatic or, or even good. Um, but he interviewed Roper and uh, uh, Butler at length. I don't know, Craig, did, did you talk to... Did they interview you on camera? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I went to. They they called me over and and I talked about the Carr brothers and I held up a sign and uh, yeah. uh, explaining it and so forth and. Uh, and this guy, he was definitely a little uh, little wormy little dude, and he said directly when I asked him that he was not a Jew, but like Craig, I would not be surprised if he was. But it, it's just an example of when you produce a rally, you don't you have to not the right way to do it. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever that be, and this it's, doesn't it's even still have the to same be. dance I think between Gentiles, white Gentiles, and Jews, and and they're creating the the the, uh, the, the, the fact that our resistance to what they're doing or, or our resistance to their racial cohesion, ipso facto, is our hate. And terror. It's back. the yeah, terror. The yeah. You can rest assured he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna tell the truth about the Carr brothers or the incredible uh, what she, Paul Sheehan in the in the Australian paper called the dirty war of black on white, where ninety percent of interracial crime is black on white. That's yeah, how about the, how about the terror of letting blacks out of their cages to assault whites uh, See, look, all let's, across let's, the board. The reality of, of TV is that it, it, it's the greatest distorting mechanism in the history of the world because you can take one crime, say James Byrd, where a black man is uh, uh, tortured and killed by white men, and you can make that outweigh statistics uh, in the eyes of everybody who sees your program, and that is essentially how TV is used to mask reality. And in fact, you can play it. Reality. You can it play it on five hundred. We're the evil guys when we're the good guys. We're you the ones telling on five... the truth. 500 million TVs are playing the bird case. The ergo yeah. bird case is more important than the 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 300 or 1.3 million assaults on Look, TV and public education are ways of spreading misinformation. They spread lies. It would be better if they did not exist. When our founders, the most brilliant generation ever raised on the North American continent, came about. There was no public schooling. It was all done privately, and they had damn few books. Think about that. Public well, education exists to spread lies that help the state, regardless of who's running the state. We're telling you the truth. Hence, we have no commercial advertising. <laughs> we're not government licensed, like Conway and Whitman were bragging about. Ooh, we have an FCC license. We're actually on the radio. You're not really on radio. Here's you know? Ben Vineyard holding a sign on this uh, on the still pictures for white terror, and it says, uh, "Brown turns public schools into public zoos." 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> the glimpse of truth. That's just what we were talking about. Through the defamation. Craig, have you yeah. seen the whole film? Is it is it available? No, I haven't seen online? it. People can see the trailer, and uh, they don't have okay. to go to whiteterror.com. Well, I guess they do, but they can link it through the movie section of vnnforum.com. But the entire film is not available free online? No, it's not free. What do you think, guys? Would this guy have been funded if he uh, did the film Black Terror? Well, to say it is to laugh. I mean, Euro European TV is basically couple state-run stations and a few private ones and then access to American satellite material, from what I understand. You, you know, if you, if you guys know different, say it, but certainly the state is not going to fund anything other than the multicultural builds we get here in the U.S., and, and that means portraying whites as a threat when blacks and colors are the threat. It's the same thing wherever you go. That's, that's the reason that, that uh, Goyfire's audience is global in scope, because the stuff we describe in America is exactly the same thing that you get from Australia and New Zealand all the way up to northernmost Canada over to the Ukraine and Russia, over to England, through Germany and France. It's the same damn thing, the same problems created by the same people with the same solutions. White racial identification, racial nationalism. We are white nationalists. Our race must protect its interests. These guys are out to destroy us. Here's what Schweizer said. The documentary White Terror contributes to giving a new face to the vile beast, as Bertolt Brecht called it this beast which more than 60 years after the end of the second world war rears its ugly head again and Craig, did that little generous. did that little feller say anything about us being vile beasts when he was sitting right next to us denying that he was a jew no, I was trying to did he say you you mr linder a vile beast no <laughs> matter of fact i think i gave the guy beer or something tried to make him feel welcome and they asked to use my film of, of me filming him filming uh uh doctor uh, uh pastor butler and Butler talked about Hitler, and he said about the 14 words, he asked him about David Lane. I think I still have that. And, well, and Craig, Pastor you know, Butler, and, and as old as he was, he gave him a good answer, Alex, as old as he was. Yeah, he was. He was a very soft-spoken guy. Very, very, I, I had a very hard time hearing him. Mm -hmm. But he was very, very, obviously a very nice and, and honest old man. And this was right before he died that we, that we met him. I'd never met him before. But now, Craig and I know from dealing with the mainstream media, they always come on as, oh, we want to portray your side. We're going to do something new. But they never do. It's always exactly the same take. So don't ever be fooled. Don't ever play up to them. Use them for your purpose if you can. And if you can't, don't cooperate with them. That was uh, Billy Roper's show. So he asked me if I would talk to them and do a little interview. So I did. But really, I don't like stuff where it's not pre-vetted and I don't know who the hell uh -huh. I'm dealing with, literally to and, that and, level. I didn't know who the hell this, they were. You know that so. uh, international movie database, that IMDB? You should see yes. his cast. He, he's listening to all the casting. He said himself, himself. He's got Tom Metzger in there. He's got Billy Roper. Rich, no, he does have Richard Butler. Pardon me. He does. I guess mm -hmm. he did put him in there. I didn't notice it. And Charles Juba. He, in other words, he's got them all as actors in his film, which is pretty funny. But uh, on, on a certain level, uh, you know, publicity is publicity. So. Well, his name is what? Daniel Schweitzer. Schweitzer means Swiss. Die, die Schweiz is Switzerland in German. But uh, he, sure we've spelled it right or he's not. I don't know for a fact that the guy's a Jew, and he said he wasn't. But people lie all the time. But so. <laughs> yeah, well, he's apparently born in Switzerland, but with the first name Daniel, he's either a, a Judeo-Christian or an outright. Well, he could be. A, he could be a Catholic. Plenty of Catholics are named Daniel. It's that. That's no proof of anything. Well, in any case, we have a second uh, uh, mass media. Uh, event survivor stirs up supremacists 
CBS's plan to se- racially segregate the tribes for the 13th season of Survivor has white supremacist web bulletin boards buzzing, prompting concern from the Southern Poverty Law Center Civil Rights Group. Quote, it has lit up the white supremacist world, said Mark Potak. Is he the fatty or the fag? Uh, The fag. Okay. The upcoming season of the six-year-old CBS reality show has contestants separated by race into four groups, the African tribe, the white tribe, the Hispanic tribe, and the Asian tribe. The tribes will stay segregated for about half the season. So this has uh, been deemed racially inflammatory and a rating stunt. Well, uh, I don't watch that show because it's fucking every dumb. Time. It is dumb, but haven't we noticed that uh, every time uh, the media has some sort of broadcast they're covering, they're, they're discussing, uh, they trot out this po- this potock. It's always potock. Yeah. I wonder if it's actually... If actually it's not, it's not he's not a commentator or uh, someone no. bring in an ad perspective. You, you, he's really the person that's defining the the topic for the for the listener. He's not someone who just who just has a side he's promoting or an interpretation of the event. He's he's actually telling you the viewer this is this is what it's all about. And he's, he's course, treated as an expert who's allowed to frame this. And you, you'll note. Now, note here. We supposedly have a free media. How come they always go to the exact same people uh, and, and use them as experts? Yeah. No one ever calls me and asks me for my comments about how whites are reacting to the latest Jewish outrage. Or they don't call Jeff. Or they don't call Craig or Aegis. You know, maybe you ought to start going to gay bars like Potok. <laughs> Maybe they'll believe you. Hi, I'm here to represent white people. That's you true. really think they're getting screwed, and not in a good way. Yeah, well, this article from TVWeek.com does mention both Stormfront and Vanguard News Network. It says here, people posting messages on white supremacist websites such as Stormfront.org and VanguardNewsNetwork.com are greeting the Survivor format with a mix of hope and suspicion. Some hail the idea as a way to foster racial pride among whites, but others feel Hollywood will portray whites unfavorably. So I, I think I do well, vaguely recall well, some. I don't Look, we, we had an article written years ago by uh, Victor Wolzek on our site about Survivor, and I think we even ran this in the first uh, issue of uh, the Aryan Alternative, uh, talking about how these just inevitably, to the extent they show reality, the niggers are lazy. Even if they go to Harvard, they just sit around and let white people do all the work. So unless they hand-selected the cast, the same thing will be evident in the, in the racial survivor. But as the one commenter in this article says, uh, they, they may well, very well, specifically select a non-representative whites in order to convey a misimpression like they do everywhere else. But, yeah, uh, one yeah. of the guys in the forum made a joke. It'll be a, a homosexual, a, a, a feminist woman, and a Jew white, so to speak. <laughs> Which is not a white yeah. at all. Well, a wigger, a homo, a lesbian truck driver... You know, uh, someone who's 110 and <laughs> a baby. <laughs> That's the white tribe. <laughs> Look, I'm not getting a whole lot of productivity. All of you now, just that nothing will challenge the assumptions of multiculturalism in this in this broadcast. That the assumptions that uh, or the faith that the media has in the religious fervor, the religious ha- the, the 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 media has in multiculturalism. It will not be challenged. It will not be undermined. It will not be questioned. And in fact, 
it will actually be reinforced by this broadcast. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, I somewhat disagree because the, uh, on these reality shows, to the extent they do have, they have had in the past, they have the angry nigger. The, the niggers just cannot stop being niggers because they're on a reality show. And even if, and the thing is, what I suspect is these producers end up with thousands of hours of tape, the vast majority of which is super boring. And they have to, it's, it's so desperate that they have to go for any kind of confrontation. And since that usually involves some sort of niggering, because it's not just in Survivor, as Wolzek wrote about it, but we've seen that in real world when they first started, and it, that was new. And, and, and th- that was kind of one that all these came off of. Uh, the first couple shows in New York and like L.A., they had angry niggers in them. And they just can't stop being angry niggers because you put a camera in front of them. They, they cannot control themselves. So right, and they it, it'll, the you're right, it'll never get through directly. Yeah. Directly, they will never allow you to draw the obvious conclusion. But a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, it will get through indirectly. Whether people draw the right conclusion, I don't know. But their, their behavior patterns in moving away from problems like Camdenton, i.e. a cesspool of angry niggers, uh, shows that they do understand niggers are not us. Look, they have the Asian American tribe. There will be there will be a group hug. Oh yeah, I, I, that is where yeah. all the races get together and have a group hug. I guarantee you. I'm I'm sure that the producers will will do whatever they can to promote the idea that you know there's racial healing. The races can get along, and they're just doing it this way for sport and for fun. But they know what Where's they're doing. Where's the Jewish tribe here? There's no Jewish tribe. They should send in the idea. Where's the Jewish tribe? They're religion, <laughs> Craig. They're a very ethical, highly religious people. <laughs> By the way, if you want to, if you want to see it at the uh, high holiday, that's going to be twelve hundred dollars, Craig. <laughs> yeah, p- people listening to Goyfar may not realize, like Jews, they charge their the synagogues charge their congregation to to attend uh, certain high holiday services. Isn't that right? They'll charge them a. a, a pretty penny for a seat at the thing. That's how money-minded they are. It's not just put something in the collection plate. It's, it's they actually charge for it. Add interest. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm pretty, I don't know enough details to really expand on it, but it, it is true that they, they charge for, uh, for the high holiday stuff, as I, as I understand. I think we should charge Jews for uh, fucking up our society and charge them a high price. Yes, well, I, I encourage our Goyfire listeners to watch the Survivor. Waltzek, who is a writer at VNN, had an excellent write-up of, Sur- I guess it was the original Survival series. I, I, th- I think it was. Hold on. I, uh, it was hilarious. I mean, that wasn't TA number one, wasn't it? It wasn't in number two. Yeah, I've got. Right. I've only got number two in front of me here. But yeah, he's right. we'll, in, we'll include a link well, we'll, to the article in our show notes. Google it online. Yeah, and that got that got a pretty fair response. It was uh, reprinted a couple places on the web. It's uh he just he documents the the, the the niggeriness of even like I said even the the one guy I think went to Harvard and he just wouldn't do anything he just sat there on the beach and let the rest of them do the work. And now what would you Google? What keywords would you use? Ah, uh, Wolzek and Survivor maybe might work. Is that W O Z E K? W O L Z E K. It's the name of a, a camp that a, a German being tortured at Nuremberg admitted to, uh, I think, commanding or being involved with, but it turns out that the camp didn't even exist. When you're under torture, you'll admit to a lot of things, whether they're true or not. Yeah, well, we have here BYU's Jones uh, put it, put on leave for showing up the 9-11 official report. This is BYU professor Stephen Jones. Brigham Young University administrators are trying to find out the extent of one professor's involvement in blaming the six. September 11th terrorist attacks on the government. 
According to a copyrighted Morning News article, Dr. Stephen Jones is on paid leave for suggesting the government is responsible for the destruction of the World Trade Center. Jones is a physics professor involved in what's called the 9-11 Truth Movement. Jones believes unnamed government agencies orchestrated the fall of the Twin Towers, and he says there's evidence to back it up. Uh, Alex, you were following this story. Well, I sure am following this. And the first thing I want to say is the thing I printed on VNN was a uh, TV station's uh, typically risable reporting. I mean, listen, listen, listen to the sentence. I mean, you, sometimes you have to read these really slowly and savor how, the stupidity of them. They're trying to find out the extent of one professor's involvement in blaming the attack on the government. His involvement in blaming? I mean, you know, we found you guilty of involvement in blaming. I mean, he's, he's, it, it doesn't make any kind of sense, however you put it, but that's typical s stupid TV stuff. But anyway, the point, this is a real, this, this guy, Stephen Jones, is a real, he's a, he's a middle-aged, very, very soft-spoken, almost effeminate-toned BYU professor who has proved, I, I say it's proof, and, and the point is about proof is that it ain't me saying it, it, it's proof. He's proved that the buildings were blown up. He doesn't talk about who blew them up or why, particularly in what I've seen of them, but he is in Awaken and Avenge, and I think also Loose Change. And he has uh, written a long paper documenting the uh, the blow up and explaining that the government's conspiracy theory of what happened on 911 is physically impossible uh, because of a number of things. Uh, just essentially, physics laws prevent it from being true. And he, again, he, yeah, right. Yeah, he's now being put on leave by BYU, which uh, is, is no doubt nervous about in federal contracts and what have you for having a, for employing a critic of the government. And this is what right. it's come to in America. If you tell the truth, you know, you lose your job. He hasn't lost his job, though. He is on paid leave. But typically uh, what they found is that college professors are, are some of the very least likely to, to, to fight the government of the society because, after all, it employs them. So they back up the state, no matter whether the state is Nazi, communist, or what have you. And uh, this guy deserves a lot of credit for, for speaking the truth. And that's what we want to remember on. Uh, and, and the thing about 911 is it really should be called World Trade Center Demolitions uh, more than 911. Because that invokes a lot of other garbage that is what the government wants you to think, that, i.e., it's a new Pearl Harbor. But, in fact, it was the government or some... or the government plus Mossad blowing up its own buildings in order to get us into a war, just as a lot about weapons of mass destruction. There's now a video from uh, not too long after 1990, uh, excuse me, that was 2000, and uh, they show Osama bin Laden, six foot five, walking in a white, uh, in his white robes in Afghanistan. And this is the time, at the time that Bill the Rapist was uh, screwing Monica Lewinsky, the, the Jewess. Mm -hmm. And in any case, at that time, uh, people remember we had Madeleine Albright who killed, uh, essentially championed the bombing of white Serbs, and she found out she was a Jewess, and we had Cohen in defense, and his name's Cohen, I'm not, I don't, that's all I know about him, but, uh, and then also we had Sandy Berger, the national security advisor, who was eventually convicted of, uh, uh, taking these do uh, secure documents from the National Vault, I believe he got a $50,000 fine, some reports said he had them in his socks and in his pants, and uh, so these were the three in charge while, while Bill the Rapist was screwing Lewinsky. And uh, they could have gotten uh, bin Laden at that time, 
according to this drone flying over. I mean, it's a great video. I have to try to post it on the forum. Being informed. And Craig Bin Laden has said he wasn't involved in 911. And he says that, does he? Yeah, yeah he has said that on the one tape apparently not produced by the government. Whether he's even alive is known, but, you know, this could not have... uh, You have to use your common sense. You can't believe government lies. When I saw it, it never occurred to me for a minute that the the planes knocked it down or that it was anything other than a government slash Mossad production in order to get us into the war. I knew it was because I knew about the PNAC paper and the rest of it. A clean break in which they stated the need for a new Pearl Harbor. Like a guy in Israeli press said, 25 Jews thought up this plan that would uh, essentially reorder the Middle East to Israel's benefit. And all they needed to do was get America into the war on a pretext and use our blood and our boys and our, and our money to, uh, to prosper Israel. And that's exactly what happened. And, the, and the demolishing the World Trade Center was, uh, was part of that. Well, and what they did was they went in during downtime and they rigged it up with uh, thermite and they blew it up into nice 30-foot chunks that were loaded into uh, trucks and, and put onto ships and shipped over to Asia and melted down. And they didn't let anyone look at the evidence. There's no way in hell that airplane brought down that building. And frankly, I consider it prima facie evidence of hostility and opposition when, when people doubt that the building was demolished. It's absolutely proven beyond a doubt. That's my position. Isn't, isn't that the scientific way of thinking about it? As you far mean, as I can you, tell, you have to prove I mean, he, have evidence. You, <laughs> yeah, he, the plane, a plane does not knock down a building curious like about that. this Jones affair is that uh, Mr. Jones's findings, which were published on the university's web, uh, web servers, that has been taken down. Yeah, that because is, I guess it's the, the university that wants to uh, distance itself from an it's unpopular like the, the person. Fox and Assad's story, that was taken down off Fox, and now that video's back up, too, so I'm sure it'll find its way back to the reality of the internet. Yeah, the paper's still up there. I found it cached on Google, but the point there to make is exactly that. Like Mears and, and, and Waltimer at Harvard, the minute you criticize Jews, all of a sudden you, yes. you, everybody begins to distance from you. And, and the They're Jews will come, oh, it's because you're an anti-Semite. Well, the Jews are going around scaring all these people and threat- and not just scaring them, threatening them, threatening them physically, oh. just like Mel Gibson. Oh, I'll die. He's, he said, people are going to kill me if I, leave that mo- if I leave that line in the movie about his blood be upon us and our children that the Jews said after killing Christ. And this is what we've got going on. The Jews are blackmailing and extorting and physically threatening the rest of the world. How long are we going to tolerate these people being in control of us? And they do we're, not their captives. we're not their slaves. We don't have to put up with this Jewish garbage. We don't have to put up with Jews dictating to the rest of us and creating Camdens and calling them the Camdenites our equals and fellow citizens while they're murdering us. It's really, it's really evil that's going on here, people. And we're cowards and slaves if we don't resist it. And that means you and us working together. And this, this is just for suckers. This 911, oh, you know, they blew up the government building. They knew damn well what was going on. It was all prearranged. And it had exactly the intended effect. And then, you know, for five years, we get to see the fucking firemen and the cops. Oh, FDNY, they're heroes. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you might as well call an ox drawing a wagon a hero as, as some fireman doing what he's simply told to do without thinking about it or wondering about it. And even when they know it, because some of them have to know it's covered up, because this was in the movies. They have, they have pictures of the firemen going, saying it was going pop, 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 just exactly like a controlled demolition. In fact, those are the words used by virtually everybody who's recorded on camera watching the thing while it happened, including uh, Tom Jennings and uh, Dan Rather. It looks just exactly like, well, it was a controlled demolition, proved nowhere more than by World Trade Center Building 7 that wasn't even hit. 
by any airplane and yet came down. You cannot explain that away. And that's why I say it's prima facie evidence of hostility or just plain abysmal stupidity to claim this was anything but a controlled demolition by our enemies, the same people who produced World War II, produced the World Trade Center demolitions. Simply a yeah. fact. Well, they say it again. You know, whenever you watch those tapes, and Loose Change is one of them that has those uh, conglomeration of, of uh, videotapes where you have people yeah. on the ground, they're saying secondary explosions going off. Uh, there was another explosion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, but well look, ages, weeks after, after they came down, the it was still steaming under the ground. It was still at the temperature, I believe, like 1350, enough to uh, to literally melt steel below ground. That that is not possible from that little itty bitty fire up above, which is black because it had no oxygen. It wasn't warm enough to melt any of that steel. What happened was they set off some kind of bomb in the basement, and they also they also had charges to to uh, destroy the steel so that the thing could fall in virtually free fall speed. It didn't pancake like they said. The, the thing was incredibly tightly constructed around basically 47 uh, steel cores that it, that if anything, if the fire brought it down, they would still be standing, but they weren't because they were blown up. Yeah, well, Alex, I'll have you know, this, I'll have you know the State Department has released a rebuttal to Jones theories in a 10,000 page report. And if they had a real rebuttal, it wouldn't take 10,000 pages. It would take 10 pages. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you have to read through those hey, 10,000 pages. Judge, judge says, we got, we, got, we got a guy who saw you murder him. I, I produced 10,000 guys who didn't see me murder him. You know? <laughs> I must be innocent. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it, I guess it's not a complex thing. thing. The fucking don't claim if you haven't read the 10,000 pages, you can't re, re, uh, sure, rebut. what else are they going to say? Of course they're going to claim that. Yeah. Of course they're going to claim that. For an elucidating video that gives ancillary background, uh, go to Google and type in Carl Cameron, then a plus sign 911 video. And that video has reappeared online in which he implicates Mossad in having... Uh, Craig, I believe that's permanently archived at uh, antiwar.com, and also we have it mm -hmm. somewhere. You can probably find it on DNN under videos. Well, they also include the, the link uh, to where it is. Yeah, they include the, the stories of the uh, uh, telecommunications companies of Israel and the... Uh, what is it, Odigo and all, all yeah. of these things. Damn, to, uh, to, to, to go further into, into the World Trade Center, what you've got to understand is that the Israelis own the company that does the phone billing. Thus, they know where virtually every phone call is going. They also make a lot of the equipment, and they have built back doors into it. And as one FBI guy said, you know, you start asking questions about this, and it's career suicide. And what Craig is saying, there was, believe it or not, there was a report by Carl Cameron on Fox News Carl Cameron was working for Brit Hume as one of his field reporters, and they ran like a multi-part story about, about this Israeli influence, and it was later yanked off the web, and they said, this story no longer exists at the Fox site. Now, that video of that multi-part report is online, and you can find it through VNN and through antiwar.com. And the important the thing here, here is that whenever you criticize not. Jews, these forces suddenly kick in that suddenly smear you or even outright kill you, or at the very least get what you're doing shut down or harassed. The Jews dictate to America. The Jews control America. That is political fact number one that everybody listening to Goyfire must understand. They yeah, are the very cause of all the things we've described on here. And uh, I encourage people to watch Awaken and Avenge uh, as the best movie I personally have seen about uh, the World Trade Center demolitions. Uh, Loose Change is also good, although I think wrong in some spots. Um, but uh, and and some of these, you know, a, a way of a very effective way of lying, perhaps the most effective, is to mis mix truth with lies. More effective than outright lying a lot of times. And in something as big and seemingly complex as this, 
it, it's often useful to grant part of the case that the revisionists or the factualists are making, but uh, continue to lie about other aspects of it and thereby mislead people, just as, as people start to, start to realize that the conservatives are not interested in actually shutting down the border. Uh, you have white nationalist groups pop up that don't blame the Jew for opening the border. So you've always, if, if you want to be involved in politics, you have to pay very close attention to, to who and who benefits. And, Why can't conservatives see the juxtaposition with how efficiently the, or, or single-handedly, uh, you know, feverishly the, the government conducts the war in Iraq with $2 billion a day and the way they ignore the southern border? I mean, that they're just opposite the way they conduct those, and it's because of Israel's interests. And, and Craig, they're trained by their leaders like Limbaugh to be very self-satisfied. And this is why one of the reasons I always went after Sam Francis is that he called them the stupid party. Well, they aren't the stupid party. They're extremely successful. But they're only stupid if you accept that, the, that their stated mission is their real mission. We here at Goyfire are more sophisticated than that. The stupid party is Sam Francis. We're not realizing that that's exactly their intention is what's going on. When public schools stupid fail for 50 party. years, that's their fucking mission. They're, do, they're succeeding. They're not failing. They're doing what they think is in their interest and succeeding at it. And, and when, you, when you take them at their, at their face value, you show that you are the fool. But yeah, the real fool is just put online this, this website called America Weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y, America Weekly. And I watched some of that. You know, it's a satirical uh, uh, spin on Democrats. And it says that the Democrats uh, want to uh, get rid of the Patriot Act, as if that's a bad thing. The Patriot Act was written are. by a, a, a dink, wasn't it, who, who came over from well, Vietnam. He's basically a little commie dink. Attorney General, the, the, the spick has a lot to do with it. And then, uh, I think there was another one. Yes, there were several, several of them who wrote it. These little, these little gooks and dinks are now Republicans, and they're, they're writing their little communist multicultural manifestos, except they're not just a college paper. They're actual law. For free white men, it's ridiculous. Diversity well, speaking, of the the law, speaking of the law, speaking of the law, Matt Hale on that law too. By the way, briefly, they held him incommunicado on terrorism initially, as I recall. Sure. In, in an isolated cell. And they held Padilla yeah, was, for literally years without charging him with anything. Yeah. Well, speaking of law, we have the other side of the anarcho tyranny, TNB. Shizzle, my niggas, it's time for the other TMB section of our program. Uh, here we have a, a case out of Tucson. Baseline killer suspect jailed. Police cautious. Uh, Phoenix police aren't closing the door on the baseline killer spree, despite the arrest Wednesday night of a parolee. Phoenix resident Mark Gudia sits behind bars, but authorities say, won't say if they've captured the serial killer believed responsible for eight homicides and 23 crimes overall. Jane, I know you've been following this pretty closely. What, what type of background can you give us on this baseline killer? In, since August of 2005, in other words, for one year, there have been 23 crimes in the Phoenix area associated with the Baseline Killer, which occurred uh, near this Baseline Road. Well, it turns out that this uh, Goudot uh, Negro was uh, lived literally around the corner from the murder of Carmen Miranda, which uh, occurred on June 29th of this year. And he has already been forensically proven to be linked with a DNA of an attack last September 20th, that is September 20th of 05, on 
I believe it's two sisters, two women, in other words, who were cooling their feet in the fountain. One of them was six months pregnant. Uh, so he's committed eight murders, and the rest of them are robberies and uh, rapes and, and sexual assaults of various types. And he wore a wig, and um, a dreadlock wig, and a kind of a fishing hat. And they said he would often say thank you at the end after robbing people. And uh, uh, as niggers are wont to do everywhere, he chatted up the women first. And he had gotten out of prison in 2004. And, in fact, one station in the Phoenix area, I think it was KVOA, was bragging. I mean, how do they write these stories in the wake of such horrific crimes that he was the model parolee? And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is all they can come up with in the wake of this stuff. And, oh, yeah, two Phoenix stations tell you how to pronounce his name, Goudot, phonetically, you know. They're, they're, they're into fucking English lessons and, and, and meanwhile people's lives are being destroyed but they want to make sure you get the murderer's name pronounced correctly now um, what I didn't understand about this story Craig is frankly I haven't followed it this Goudot obviously is a nigger yes he is absolutely oh, he is they, I, and I was never told him. this yeah, he's married to Wendy. Yeah. Uh, well, they have a New Nation News had the f pictures online, the sketches, and, and if you look at this picture of this guy, I have it on my uh, my thread. Non-white serial killers. If you search that on Google, mm -hmm. it's the number one hit, I'm told. But uh, I, I imagine killing eight people in one year for one one, one killer to do this, and uh, these kind of things. Non-white serial serial killers in the world far outnumber whites, and that's just a big lie. They they got into that with Alex on that. Uh, Conway and Whitman show out of Los Angeles, and that's a big fucking lie. Yeah, because whites are a minority the on the planet. The media has put that out there, and, and they planted it in people's minds. But we started a new thread uh, uh, that has some work by Craig and others talking about black serial killers, into which we lump all non-white serial killers. And someone made a very funny point that there's <laughs> not only are there literally statistically more black serial killers than whites. Uh, that's not even counting the ones that, that are too dumb to, to get away with more than one or two murders. You know, who, who if they had a white level IQ would have got away with a whole bunch more, but didn't. Yeah, they say here his first known crime was on November 3rd, 2005, and I'm reading this from the uh, Wikipedia uh, baseline killer uh, profile that they have there. November 3, 2005, a robbery occurred. Uh, a man with dreadlocks and a fisherman's hat walked into a lingerie shop in North 32nd Street and used a gun to rob the store. Less than 10 minutes later, he abducted a woman from outside a grocery store across the street and sexually assaulted her in a car. Um, that's just one. He has another one here. Uh, you could just read down the list. It's, it's almost like a chronological outline of his crimes. On March 29th, a body was discovered. Eight days after the previous killings, a local businessman noticed drag marks and blood on the gravel of a parking lot. The police were called, but a search of the area turned up nothing of value. A week later, the businessman investigating a bad smell in the area discovered the badly decomposed body of Christine Nicole Gibbons. Mm -hmm. she, was, she had been shot in the head. And, and a lot of times, you know, even when blacks are the serial killers, whites get the benefit, quote-unquote, of receiving the coverage and the credit for their crime so that they covered as, oh, this is probably a white man, probably a white man, probably a white man, probably a white man. Oh, it was actually a black man. That latter in parentheses and then complete end of coverage. As we saw in the Malvo sniper case, and we've seen down south also. They, oh, white, white man, white man white in a white minivan. Yeah, it's yeah. a white man in a white minivan right up to when they catch the nigger who did it, at which point 
interest ceases. And again, it looks to me from the one photo available that I've been able to find that his wife is a white wigress, and she defends him, said it's a terrible travesty of justice and so forth. And one of his neighbors, one Barbara, uh, holds a pill or something. It sounds... Uh, she, she's constantly come to his defense in article after article, and she says, oh, he's a wonderful guy, cement worker, and, and uh, uh, nothing but good things to say about what a, what a swell fellow he was. Even in the face of all the facts, that is, forensic evidence tying him to the September 2005 attack. Well, good maybe he, we didn't give him a 40 acres and a mule, so he has the right to kill whoever he wants. Again, I'd like to express my astonishment at this story because uh, I, I don't watch TV, so I don't see a lot of the images, but I had, I had heard about the story on NPR and in the local uh, CBS affiliates on AM radio, and nowhere was it ever hinted this man was a nigger. And I had assumed that he was a white serial killer. And I think this is the root of where, like these Conway and Whitman twits, where they, where they assume that you know, whites are behind these things, is because uh, I had assumed that this Goudeau was, was a white. And, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. They can tell by DNA evidence now. They can mm. tell by DNA if it's a nigger or a white. Mm. And so they knew that, but the, the sketch finally did show up, but the sketch came out, I think, even somewhat late, considering his uh, rampage. Wow. This is something yeah, well, that was they completely tried, concealed. Yeah, they tried right. to pin it originally on a so-called James Dwayne Mullins, who was, in fact, a very white man, mm-hmm. who supposedly confessed to these killings. Uh, and, and that's what... Uh, threw everybody off the scent. In fact, that's also mentioned in the Wikipedia file. Um, They say here, and this is from a a different article, a man already in custody on suspicion of the murder of a 19-year-old Tempe woman, probably a a beautiful white woman, has emerged as a possible key source in uncovering the identity of the baseline killer. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Released the initial interview of James Dwayne Mullins, a white man, a Kentucky man, extradited to Tempe in January after he confessed to killing Georgia Thompson. But um, subsequently, now with the capture of uh, uh, this this Nog killer, it, it is clear that this white man was not involved in any of these serial killings. This this Barbara Holzapfel, Holzapfel, the neighbor, she says uh, she talked to him about the uh, Carmen Miranda murder on June 29th, which was at a car wash a block away. This Miranda was found with a bullet in the head. And she said that he said, uh, there are a lot of idiots all over the world, she quoted Godot as saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in Phoenix, they're mostly Mexican. And then some white meth, some white scum into meth, is what it is in Phoenix. Tempe he also a killed an Asiatic. Yeah, he killed an Asiatic, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah, you, you see, they, they're more than happy to let you assume, oh, it's probably the odd French-Canadian-American, uh, you know, with a name like, what, with a EAU name. But uh, no. they never they never pointed out, that's our, our press is so feminine, so bureaucratized and just plain boring that... You really have to read between the lines, uh, and when you're not doing that, you're overtly fighting the reporter for the facts because they will not publish them. What, what I mean, what can you say about a world? Sometimes you just, like I say, you have to step back and savor the insanity. A world in which they will describe the clothing the murderer was wearing, but not his skin color, not his race. Now, that's insane. And they also say here, good day, good, how, how do you pronounce his name? Goodo. Goodo was one of 13 children. 
Oh. He seemed to have a relatively uneventful childhood. When he was 16, he was accused of raping a girl. The alleged victim in the case would not cooperate with the district attorney's office and no charges were filed. In that case, right, he was right in there. prison for 13 years for it. He beat a woman with a shotgun. I think she was in the bathtub. Tried to force her to have cocaine. Uh, what else did he do? It just goes on and on. I don't have it before me at the, at the second. But in other words, he, he whipped her around with the, with the butt of a shotgun. So this, this, this is the wonderful neighbor of Holzapfel. She's by no means necessarily Jewish. I mean, oh, I know, I know. There's plenty of Germans yeah, out there. I got plenty of relatives out there in Phoenix. I'm somewhat familiar with it. Well, the average white person nowadays, the wife, the neighbor, everybody—they're all yeah. Phoenix is essentially no shame even. No shame. Yeah, it's turning into more of an LA type area. It's, you've just got all kinds of Mexicans come in and all kinds of growth just spread out and driving the whites, you know, farther away, like everywhere else. In the and they have here a quote, according to the Department of Corrections, Goudeau was has convictions for three aggravated assaults in 1989 and armed robbery and kidnapping in 1990. The first case, he was charged with hitting a woman over the head with a shotgun, trying to force her to snort cocaine, sexually assaulting her beating her head against uh, barbells. Um, so this guy uh, is out of control. He served 13 years on those convictions before being paroled in 2004, eight years before his sentence was to end. Yeah. But we're the haters for noticing it. It's insane. It's an insane system. And, you know, we use these. This was a crime that got a lot of attention when they didn't know who did it. And now I don't recall having seen it on Fox. Fox pretty much picked up the John Wayne Carr or John Mark Carr when they dropped that. Because last week, to the, I only saw a little, they were talking about the, the manhunt up in New York State and beware of this dangerous killer who's on the loose and has vowed to commit suicide by cop. You know, it's always the crazy white man that they're after. They just don't cover these colored on white crimes at all. And I think, you know, people, oh, they're going to shut down the Internet. I, I don't know. I think we're busting out. I mean, we have what people want to hear. It's just com increasingly clear. That uh, you you are not going to get, uh, apart from very immediate news, you're just not going to get anything off mainstream TV. I enjoyed watching Fox when they were giving me some pictures of the Lebanon War. No, no matter how one-sided it was, at least you get a little bit of video. But apart from that, TV has virtually nothing to offer. And and people realize that. And they realize it, too. I mean, CNN or, or maybe it's Fox, they, they start sticking in all kinds of YouTube clips of the most ridiculous stuff. Just, uh, I suppose, in a desperate attempt to, to maybe up their ratings a little bit. And but you know you can get it all at your at your own leisure at your own disposal over over the internet. You can you can select it and guide it directly to your computer. The internet's just way better than TV. I gotta say. Here you got two girls, aged 13 and 14, sexually assaulted at gunpoint behind a church, and and two women have been forced into the bushes and sexually assaulted as they walked home from a park. Blacks do yeah, what blacks a, do. This is what allowed uh, Brown versus Board to happen uh, all across America. This is just a, a, a fragment of the 1.3 million assaults by blacks on white people every year. And yeah, and who is out there protesting with us, Craig? Maybe 25 other people. This thing has cost literally millions of white children a good education by mixing them in with niggers. And today they're mixing them in with literal retards and calling it by the same name, integration. And no one, no one cares enough to go out there. And we who did go out there were uh, all but had a mirror stuck up our ass by the fucking feds. We're, we're uh, you know, they, they shoot a, a scan of your sniper. iris. 
helicopter overhead trying to drone us out. We can't use any electronic amplification. We can't do it on the day we want. We can't do it where we want. We're shoved to the back corner of a park. They let in the shit, the uh, shit skins and the uh, the ARA Jukami scum that's underage in there to attack us as we're uh, as we're leaving. Um, it just this is your government. It's a dictatorship. Uh, and the only real right we have left is freedom of speech outside of the uh, so-called mainstream media. In the mainstream media, we're treated as evil haters, even though all we're doing is describing what's going on and advocating whites protect themselves from the natural consequences of, 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 of Jews. And they're feasting off of us. And this, is, this stuff is outrageous. It's got to end. And there, there has to be organization and, and fight back. And we encourage you to join us, however, in whichever capacity that is. We're doing as much media as we can. We'd like to go live more often. It depends on the efforts of a number of people. Uh, we, we do encourage you to support us any possible way. Otherwise, you aren't going to get anything. You will never get anything about any of this from the mainstream media. You will get the opposite of the truth, whether it's CNN or, or Fox News that you're watching. They will not tell you the truth. They will cover it up and tell you the opposite. They're liars. They're there to serve amazing. Israel. It's amazing how glibly they fall back on these mass media inspired lies, such as on the Conway and Whitman show, that they can actually uh, purport. Well, they're not even lying. They they believe that because they a they have never investigated. They don't know any better, and they're operating off everybody knows. Everybody knows whites are child molesters and serial killers. Well, the reason the Jews promote those is because those are the only two categories of crime where whites even approach black numbers. Right? So when the public has these, these falsehoods lodged in its mind and never questions the assumptions, it's like that on a sliding scale from molesting children all the way up to the Holocaust. They're all equally bogus. They're all put in your mind by every official vector. We here are fighting that. That's why we sound like we're free and intelligent men discussing something the way you're theoretically supposed to be able to in America with our Constitution, unlike Europe. Right? So we're making use of that. And we have to do it for the whole world because the rest of the people in Europe are in jail. They're throwing people in jail for running cartoons in England. And they have their motto, way, their song, We'll Never Be Slaves. Well, if you can't run a cartoon without getting thrown in jail, you're pretty darn close to slave status, <laughs> I say. Apparently, Goyfire is very popular in Europe now, increasingly so. So that's interesting. I hear the new generation yeah. of princes and princesses, royalty, if you will, is listening to us. That's what I hear. <laughs> I could be wrong, though. I yeah, could well, be lying. I hope so. You shouldn't believe what you shouldn't believe. You shouldn't believe me any more than you should believe some Jew. But you see, I, I, all I have to fall back on is that I happen to be telling you the truth. And and if I'm generalizing and thinking I'm wrong, well, it's an honest mistake. But on facts, I'm rarely wrong. And if I am wrong, and someone points it out, I correct it. In that way, I and we here at Goyfire are vastly different. We are the absolute 180 degree opposite of the Jew-controlled media. Oh, by, by the way, for the record, I'd like to point out, because I got a letter this morning from Bill Steigerwald of the, of the uh, this is just a funny little letter from Bill Steigerwald, Pittsburgh Tribune Review. He's a columnist who's printed on Jewish World Review and, and some other sites. He says, for the record, though it's obvious you'd never want accuracy to intrude in your mindless bigotry, uh, you might want to tell whatever moron you have collecting your list of Jewish media folk that I am not Jewish. See, just because you, you have a German last name and work in the mainstream media doesn't, doesn't mean that you're Jewish. I don't know what he's referring to. Um, because uh, we're plenty aware. There are plenty of people with German names who are <laughs> sycophants rather than overt Semites. Uh, so Bill Steigerwald is not a Jew. He wants you to know. And, Bill, we're happy for you. And uh, so we'll correct the error wherever it is. I, I searched our stuff. I couldn't find any reference to him as a Jew. And uh, he's I a would Chavez. That's what, probably what he's writing about, trying to get ahead of the curve with it. And uh, 
He's just uh, well, let yeah, him know that he's a white man between you and the Jews. He's a Shabbos goy. I mean, he's printed on Jewish World Review, so that's just something I'm intruding there. But uh, where he came up with that, I don't know. Someone may have printed his name on the forum. Well, Craig searched that, and I searched BNN, and we didn't come up with any listing. That doesn't mean it's not there. It may be. But anyway, Bill Steigerwald is not a Jew, be it known now and here, and let it go forth from this day and place. <laughs> and we at BNN do take that seriously. We don't call people Jews who are not Jews. I'm quite strict about that. Is, is, I think is, that's is, absolutely the wrong policy to call non-Jews Jews. You should call Jews. I don't know what I don't know what's driving him other than he's pointing out he's German and not a Jew. So, well, there, there I, I never, in, I personally in, in, never call people Jews who are not Jews, and if I do, I, it's a mistake and I correct it. And that's our that's VNN's policy. We don't call we don't use Jew as an epithet. It's it's the wrong way to go. You should call non-Jews appeasers or sycophants or ass lickers, but don't call non-Jews Jews. It's a very strong distinction when when you're dealing with race as we are. Yeah, well, to get back to this popular conception of serial, serial killers being predominantly white, again, this uh, reminded me, uh, at least uh, upon rehearing the Conway Whitman interview, that the truism, that which is popular, is true. And the Jews are the ones that have popularized this misconception to the point where people really take it as the truth. When, in fact, so that's all they the hear, Aegis. What else are they going to believe? People are not intellectuals, they don't read. All they know is what they hear from TV and the radio. So they're holding the, the same lies. position. We're, we're, this is the first time they've ever heard from someone directly confuting that claim. Saying, no, the majority of serial killers are not white. Those are just the ones that they publicize. And I gave them the example in their own state of the zebra killers in the 70s who killed, the cops say they killed like a few dozen, but uh, the, the likelihood is they killed several hundred and these guys have never heard of them. That's in their own state. Just like I'm sure they've never heard of that Fresno gang rape that has completely disappeared. You even the reminded them their own they don't state. Cover oh, it. Astounded at that. If they don't cover it, it doesn't happen. And, and people don't know. People, Aryans take things at face value. They cannot believe that someone could lie about something as big as the Holocaust. I used to be that way myself. I unthinkingly, even though I knew Jews were somewhat bad, and I realized there was left, I thought it was thinking in terms of leftism. It never occurred to me that someone could lie about something as big as the Holocaust. That's the point of a big lie. It's bigger than you can conceive with your little bitty mind. You have to step back and go, what's the thing I am the most sure of? Well, that could be a lie. And that's how you have to look at it. That's what big lying means. The first step to learning the truth is realizing that you can be tricked and pretty easily tricked. Once you accept that, then, you're, then you free yourself to find out, well, what is the actual truth? Well, who has the incentive to lie? Well, how might they convey these lies? You find, oh, the media is very concentrated in a handful of companies that are run by very much the same type at the top, i.e., they're owned and staffed at the top by Jews, and they got a layer of, of usually fags more than anything, and uh, mixed with some coloreds and mixed with some uh, sympathetic white race trader liberals, and these are the people who give me virtually everything that's, that's called mainstream media. And, and yeah, they almost, have a, it's almost like have a, a continu- lie. Yeah, it's almost like a, a, a continuous stream of junk mail, whereas everything you're getting through the mainstream media is more or less junk. Yeah, junk thoughts, junk memes. How about the big lie that the Mexican invasion is a boon to our culture? They put that over for about 20 years, didn't they? Until the, uh, well, let, let's go down that track. Out. Because, Craig, you know, we normally discuss typical nigger behavior. Let's throw in some typical Mexican behavior. I've got, a, I've got three things, and as any good journalist knows, three things is a trend. Well, 
First of all, we have the story about Mexicans destroying Magic Mountain, which is located in a not very nice part of Southern California that's become increasingly not nice since I went there in the 70s. And uh, uh, I guess apparently uh, whoever owns it now, I think Six Flags, is thinking of shutting it down. Because so it's, it's not so kids. magic anymore? No, the magic is gone. Just <laughs> black <laughs> magic. magic. Gone. We need to have a, a black soul singer sing the magic is gone. But, yeah, it's, it's right with little, uh, little gangbangers who are frightening away all the families that produce the income, so they're probably going to shut it down. And that's, that's example number one of Mexicans fucking things up. Number two is uh, uh, Mexican uh, here, and I'm going to run this on Kirksville today. I haven't updated that in the last week, but i got a bunch of stories, and, like, I've hit it a couple times. We'll talk about them later. But one of them, not directly in Kirksville, we're in northeast Missouri, over in northwest Missouri, a Mexican is busted for growing pot in a cornfield. And two guys who apparently were coming near it were shot to death. Now, it's only alleged. I don't know that it's even alleged that he did it, but it, it, that appears to be the case, that basically these, uh, these white people were coming up toward his uh, toward Probably his pheasant hunters. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, he mm. popped them. Apparently, or that may well be what happened. But here's my point is these people are coming here, like Craig says, they're not improving our enriching our culture. They're enscumifying it. To create a, a, a bogus word. I mean, they, they, they're worse. And, and we have a third story here about th- this is in Mexico proper, and, and some of the, 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 the drug running uh, gangsters there pull up to a disco and throw a bunch of severed heads into the middle of the floor. <laughs> no, you wait, know? Alex, it gets worse here. Quote Hooded men dressed in black stormed into the bar, fired into the air, and threw down five heads. <laughs> And, and there were actually a couple niggers in there who picked up the heads and started to fuck them. <laughs> is that true, or is that, is that just what I heard? That might be embellishing the facts a bit. Am I going beyond the, uh, the actual facts of the case to exaggerate and defame the Negro culture? I think so. Five heads are a trend. Maybe we'll start seeing that in L.A. and San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. That'd be entertaining. <laughs> oh, wait. It gets better. They left a in card the with the message. In the, in the, the club fa- with the heads. <laughs> they, they left a card with the message, quote, The family does not kill for money. It does not kill for women. It does not kill innocents. It kills only those who deserve to die. Everyone take note. This is divine justice, end quote. Like, it's like Gallagher. You've got to have style, man. That's a seriously stylish, dare I say, sassy. You know, uh, it's, it's odd about this Mexico and, and these people, these, this race down there. This is, well, I guess they're not really a race anymore because they were, uh, they've been they're mixed all up. Uh, but um, as long as I, all the history that I've read about that place, there seems to be the stream of, grotesque mutilation in their crimes, body mutilation. Uh, and it goes back to, to when the Spanish first arrived there with the, uh, with the cult um, of uh, cutting out their hearts. And it's not, it's not just, mm-hmm. It wasn't just in one ritual like that. It was, it was throughout their culture where, where their enemies would be, in some cases, uh, 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 you know, eaten, but uh, they would have their, their flesh uh, stripped off their, their, their body so they were just covered in a blanket of their own blood, uh, still alive, by the way. And uh, and then and then later, I was reading Chilton Williamson's uh, uh, essay on Vidar about Mexico's constitution of blood, and where the political opponents there would have their if you got on the wrong side and were caught, 
uh, you'd have your eyes uh, gouged out, or you would be uh, humiliated with torture in front of other people in your own family, you know, in, in a brutal sort of dismembering fashion. And uh, MS-13 does that too. The gangs here, you know, uh, they Mexican cut hands off. Close by, you cut heads off, hands. Yeah, hands, fingers. With and machetes. They're, much, they're also into cockfighting. And and remember the one here in Kirksville, the the one Mexican stabbed the other 26 times. Mm-hmm. So they they are very they're a sadistic, vicious, animalistic, scum type of people. Yeah, well, even on the old temple uh, uh, drawings, they. They depict uh, their priests sticking uh, sharp objects through their tongue or mm-hmm. through even through their genitals uh, as some type of a ritual where blood is just spurting all over the place. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just extreme savagery. In fact, the people that they would rip the hearts out of while they were still beating, they would then kick the corpse down the stairs of these temples thereby dismembering them as they fell, and then the people would actually take up the parts and eat them. And hardly a race either. They're a 500-year-old at best mixture of uh, Moreno uh, Jews run out of uh, Spain during the Inquisition, uh, Arab blood, a few white Spaniards, and uh, mostly Indian. Indian yeah, they're mostly Indian, and there's some, uh, as Craig, the admixtures Craig mentioned, and also some of the, some black slaves. Uh, you'll definitely see Mexicans who are, are, are uh, part nigger down there. But so they're, Bush ought to know that before savage. he goes to La Raza. And, and yeah, they're all savage. They, they are very race. definitely savage people, and they're not like us, and we don't want them around. They're as bad the White as history goes back much way. further, tens of thousands of years, in all of our different cultures. The point here and, is, uh, white man, you need to join us because only together can we do something about this problem because the problem comes from the top down. It, it's not mm-hmm. a creation of the local community. If you put it to a vote, the local community would never vote to open our borders with Mexico. That is a deliberate policy followed by Washington, and Washington is a code word for Jews. The Jews own Congress. They are the major donors to both political parties, and they've got all the congressmen by the nuts. So that if they ever oppose Israel on foreign policy or they ever oppose the Jews on domestic policy, i.e. letting in Mexico, then uh, they can screw them in their press. And they own the press. And if you don't think that any of this is true, look it up. They admit this in their own publications. And this is the future they have for you. Niggers raping and murdering uh, your children. Mexicans stabbing your kind of death, throwing pot and shooting you if you walk nearby. This is the future they have for America. Do you want it? No, you don't want it. Well, we are the only outlet that can help you prevent this future. And, and so we do encourage you to join us. Yeah, and uh, this is also a... a, a point or a topic tonight uh, we wanted to talk about this uh, there's a group of Aryan families uh, beginning to come together and uh, deciding they've had enough of the multi-cult and uh, are deciding to move to uh, small towns uh, perhaps a bit away from the larger cities and uh, working together collectively as the Amish and other uh, groups have done to ensure an Aryan future for their children and for an Aryan reality for themselves. So uh, I don't know, Jeff, Alex, uh, you guys have been more or less pioneering this well, idea. Well, we were we were going to talk about uh, recent uh, nigger behavior in Kirksville, but it's all part of the same thing. What we're really discuss before I let Jeff go on and discuss some of some of the ideas we're having. We're talking about the destruction of communities, and and you know who planned it. Jews planned it, and what we're describing are the symptoms, and the Jew is the disease that is causing these symptoms because it has set up the structure 
the laws and the culture and the media that, that make, they don't simply allow this, they make it inevitable. They intend it. When, when they show your blonde daughter mixing with niggers, they intend that. They want her to follow that model. They know it will hurt her, but they believe it will help them. And all they care about is what is good for Jews. And we're telling you what you need to do is worry about what is good for whites, what is good for my people, for me and my family and my kind and my community. Because otherwise, it's just a matter of time until every single white community in the country is destroyed. And not just in America, but in Australia, in Europe, and throughout the world, wherever whites reside. Over time, niggers, coloreds led by Jews, will destroy it. And recently in Kirksville, and, and I'm, I'm behind, I mean, there's not enough time to cover all this stuff. I can't get on the forum. I'm just trying to keep the main page updated, uh, let alone Kirksville today and, and the rest of the stuff. And it's like that for everybody. And I'm doing this full time. And in Kirksville today, what we had, let, let me read a little of this. I'm going to have to dig it up here. Uh, where's the damn thing? See, I don't know if it's on that thread or not, because I had to, re, I had to restart my computer. Okay, well, take your time. We'll have a little, I guess, uh, you know, Stan can cut this out. We'll segue. No, I just want to, I want to find the, uh, it should be, it should be on that link somewhere. Let me see if this is it. Okay. Now, you may remember from other Goy fires we talked about, there were four rapes in Kirksville within like 48-hour period, and it appears two of them may have been by a black uh, of an underage girl. And uh, this, is, this is sort of the thing you see, but, but lately, in the last week, and I just learned about this this morning, Sunday morning, we've got, uh, labor, here's the title. Labor Day shooting still under investigation, two facing weapons charges. Now listen to this. This is a 17,000-man town in northeastern Missouri, small town, small rural town, 200 miles north of St. Louis. At the, uh, the police has executed two search warrants in relation to the weapons violation, one in the 800 block of East Jefferson Street. That's about, I could walk over there in about three minutes. Uh, at that location, police arrested a 16-year-old Kirksville male who's a suspect in the incident that occurred Wednesday. Police also arrested Anthony Brown, 43, of Kirksville, who was possessed of two illegal sawed-off shotguns. Uh, police said they don't know if these guns were used in the earlier incidents. Skip, skip uh, a statement. Uh, we are glad to have removed these weapons from the streets, like the weapons are the source of the problem. The weapons are using niggers to commit crimes, in the typical way the media back, backwards puts it. Next paragraph. Also at that address, police arrested two men on unrelated charges. Richard Washington, 20, of Kirksville, was arrested on a felony warrant for probation violations. And Ronel Martez Dameron, 22, of Kirksville, on felony warrants for Moberly, that's 30 miles south of here, for armed criminal action, kidnapping, and robbery. So you're getting this kind of nigger scum. So I, I almost, these three guys that they mentioned are almost surely all black. They're within blocks of here. This town has always been over 95% white. And the minute blacks come in here, blacks... Black equals criminal. When you have a crime problem, you have a, a crime problem is race. The crime problem is a racial problem. It's always that way. Now, let me read the part at the top. This is the, the start of the article. Uh, well, in, in the past few days, there have been two weapons violations in Kirksville. The first one involving a shot fired into a building in North Marion Street at 4 a.m., and then the other one was someone displaying a shotgun in a threatening manner to a group of people, which occurred Wednesday around midnight uh, between First and Pierce. That's, again, that's, you know, five minutes from here. Uh, and uh, 
this is just the point is is we're we're tracking Kirksville as an example of small town America when invaded by diversity that the local small town gentry slash Renahicks as I call them supports because the local elite is bought off by the feds in Washington that's code for Jews and they support the Jewish agenda and in, in in turn they live well while while helping destroy their own community you see the trade off you see how these race traders benefit. You've got the, the people over at the, at the uh, college here calling me a hater for pointing this stuff out. You've got the guy at the paper who won't even print my letter to the editor who's saying, oh, we don't have to worry, we don't have a crime problem. Crime problems in urban areas. No, crime problems are wherever blacks are. Okay, and these people are covering up what's actually going on and telling you, the reader and the listener and the citizen who has to put up with this, that we who are telling you the truth are the liars and the haters and the evil people. America is screwed up. And we here at Goyfair are the only ones who can potentially unscrew it. And we can only do that with your help. Not only yeah. telling people that, they have most people believing that. Craig, come on, you're, you're, too, you're too quiet. I can't hear you. I, I say not only are they telling people that, they're very successfully telling them that. In other words, the majority of people tend to believe that. And sometimes you say, well, the average person doesn't. And yet, if they... All these people in the Midwest and the South or wherever, all the common sense people don't take action, and they effectively uh, are believing it. Well, Craig, it's it, kind of mixed. On the one hand, yeah, it is. It, what they say and what they do, you know? Right. Of course, they say they repeat what they hear on TV. What yeah. they do, they always move to whiter communities than the ones that are leaving. So and they a, also thing. tend to shut up about the truth. So watch what they do, not what they, they don't say. want to hear it, man. As long as as long as they can be comfortable, and and if if their daughter's son gets killed, usually they just fob it off with a candlelight vigil, and they don't worry about the deeper cause of it. But it Speaking happens over and over because it is systemic. You know, China supposedly China has like a six and a half trillion dollar GNP now versus the U.S. eleven million, and I guess that's supposed to uh, change in uh, uh, 2012. They'll overtake us, and by 2020 they'll double that, and and so. Uh, <laughs> Well, not only do we have problems from non-whites right here in this country, but uh, from without on the planet, too. In other words, well, uh, in, in a, yeah, yeah, a lot of people think that only hard times hitting middle-class white Americans in the stomach will uh, wake them up enough to clean out their ears and listen for, for explanations of the problems they face, and that may well be. And, and, you know, I posted a bunch of facts in Reader Mail yesterday, and I, follow, and I encourage readers to follow the Daily Reckoning email. I'll give you the best stuff out of it each day and put it in Reader Mail. But essentially they believe there's going to be a, a crash brought on by the housing market, which is essentially about a quarter of the economy or the growth in the economy in the last few years. And some people think it's going to have a soft landing. That's Fox, uh, Bush promoters. Others think it'll be really bad and property will dip 20, 30, even 40 percent and, uh, and, and values. And, and that affects construction and a lot of uh, and lending and the rest of it. And a lot of people in the last few years have, have taken the adjustable rate mortgages. And when, when the rates go up, they're really screwed, and basically they default in their houses. So we're encouraging people to stay out of debt and be very, very careful, and, and just don't lose faith. We, we are going to have our shot at, yeah, well, Alex, at what taking is this, political uh, control of this country, because we're what right. Is, what is this miniature, I guess, grassroots project of community building? Well, that, uh, well all, yeah, all that I said was prefatory and, and Kirksville-specific, but... It, but we're not using Kirksville because there's anything great about it. It's just a typical example of a 90% plus white town that, as it's darkened, sees all the same problems that any big city would have. Because it's not the big city or the gun causing the problem. It's the, the raccoons. 
the human raccoons causing the problem. And so what needs to be done is not just talk about this in the media, as we are here in Goyfire and at the VNN family of sites, but to actually create real working physical communities. And we've begun to discuss that in relation to uh, Kirksville and, and potentially other spots. And I'll let Jeff pick it up from there, expand on the idea. Is Jeff on? Yes. There's an activism section on the forum that we've added to the forum. Which and forum is that? Where, where can they find this forum? This is vnnforum.com, and look in the activism section, vnnforum.com. And we've started a, a it, this is a very moderated, this particular section here on Aryan communities is a, is a moderated uh, um, section of the forum where we want constructive comments uh, about uh, white communities. And I've, I've, uh, set up about four initial uh, threads in there. and But let me express the, the theme of this section. Uh, we're not about isolation. We're not about recreating a utopia or founding a utopia. But what we really want to do is move together in a progressive manner uh, and uh, bring our efforts together, uh, bring like-minded people together in, a, in an explicitly racial way, uh, and form communities. And in a lot of ways, this is a restoration of how uh, whites or Aryans used to live. We want to uh, pool our resources together, raise our children, assist us so we don't have to rely upon outsiders or, or cheap Mexican labor. Uh, we want to influence the community and the local government. And you know, and you know, quite blatantly, uh, uh, you know, elect our own people in those positions. Uh, we want to be very law-abiding, uh, and we want to think about how we can resolve uh, problems ourselves in our own councils, in our in our own sort of parallel kind of government, where when community when when issues come up between us. Uh, you know, we can have a mechanism of, of, of uh, uh, resolution uh, uh, that, uh, you know, bypasses the corrupt legal system. And, uh, and, and I believe we can be uh, much more uh, uh, productive this way as people. We can draw money into the community. Uh, perhaps uh, we could, uh, for example, uh, the, if we had enough families come in there, we want families. We want to breed. And, uh, and you know, we want to have a healthy community we, we could we could have our own micro bus we could we could buy as a community and, and in the morning get up and and uh, commute into the local town and disperse to our jobs and come back uh, I, I think this is something we could really uh, you know it, it's going it's going to be a long time in coming you know it took about 10 or 15 years for the uh, um, for the pilgrims to get their act together in England and, and Holland uh, even and uh, you know draft the ideas uh, that, that and, and, and concretize the thoughts that allowed them to cross the Atlantic and to form a new community overseas. So this is a long-term commitment, but you know, we want people who, who will start thinking about what kind of, what kind of government can, can, can we rule ourselves? How can we make money? How, how can we live together again and plan it? And then if we can come to a consensus, let's do it. And, and and this is and again this is just one model that I'm proposing, and and you know this can be done in a lot of ways all over the country, uh, and you know uh, the model we explore here may not be right for everybody, but uh, but let's start doing this. 
And again, this is not about isolation or building some sort of a, uh, agricultural utopia. No, no, we really, we really want to, you know, have families. We want to work. We want to raise children. What, 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 look, what we don't want, and what has been tried, as Butler tried, is to get a bunch of drugs, druggies and drunks and character defectives on a common lot, and then uh, that doesn't work. What no. we need is, what they have here is a covenant life. I may have talked about this before. It's people living in the same area, and they tithe, and they build up resources, and they buy lots of property. And they can do it pretty much by stealth, although more or less just keeping a low profile. We can do exactly the same kind of thing. It's perfectly legal, and we should be doing it. It's the next step beyond the blabbering on the Internet and, and the media reporting, which is valuable, but it's not the ultimate. We have to protect ourselves from the depredations of these niggers that are coming yes. even to rural, small-town America in large numbers, and they are subsidized by the government that means our genocide. The only practical way to fight back is to band together in Aryan self-defense associations, just like the Aryan Defense League, like the ADL, advocates for Jews and harasses others. Well, we have to fight back, and the only way we can do that is together. And that means physical proximity, whether it's here in northeastern Missouri or where you live. But this is, this is the future for people who want to stay white in a, in a scum world that the Jews are building until we can gain greater political power and change it. This, this is an intermediate step, but it's a step beyond right. the Internet. So we encourage you to get in right. touch even and join the forum and talk about it. Right, and even on a diasporic level, even if we're not realizing it, when, when you go from a non-white area to a white area, that's exactly what you're doing. You're moving to a place which has a higher density white population. Now, the problem is, of course, when these whites aren't aware of the situation that we're in or are in active denial of the dangers of multiculturalism, so that these communities, in effect, are helpless uh, well, over time to the assaults. Individually, we'll, what, what, what history has shown is individually we will be picked apart because uh, it doesn't matter if you have the majority of numbers. An organized team will defeat a huge majority if it's headless. I mean, it, Lenin won with a few thousand people. He took over all of Russia. Okay, you have to organize against this Jewish hate, this loxism, this genocidal loxism fostered by the ADL. We have to fight back against them and the, and the niggers they loose on us by taking our tax money and growing colonies of niggers, saying, here, you live here, and we'll force the white man to pay your rent. And you go out there and wave your sawed-off shotguns and fire off drive-bys in the middle of the night and, and scream and go to the clubs and try to pick up the white girls that we've set up from you from our TV. And you know, Mexicans, too, they champion, they champion their entry people. here for 20 or 30 years as well. All the liberals on TV... Yeah, we'll let the shitskins well, in with their various diseases. Give them special loans. Help them out. Give them free medical care. Give them free education. Fuck you. We don't care about your country. Yeah. You're evil white. Remember when we well, just we needed to pick back. vegetables? What happened to that? <laughs> you got to be white, and whites who self-identify is all we're looking for. If you want to mix into the mud, boy, you have every opportunity. We don't. We refuse to go that route. We're not going the route of genocide. And the this is the next step. We've got we want We've families. Got the media. People are coming to us. So if you, if you have a family, you think about moving, you think about making uh, being white uh, essentially the, the, the North Pole of your life, then this is, this is something you want to you do. You want to think about it. 
This is all possible if there's will. And, and are you fed up enough to do something about it? And I, and I think a lot of people are not fed up enough, but increasingly uh, they will be, and that's what this section of the forum is about. Let's, let's get, the, let's get the, the foundation for this uh, set up so we, so we can progress, we can, we can make the next step. And again, I want to stress that th- this is not a backward movement. This is not a, a movement of retreat. This is a movement forward. Absolutely. This, yeah. Jeff, you're right, and, and I've seen the working model of white society and the Mormons in Utah, and, and once we have that, it will not only see, right now we're just talking, it's, it's just, it's not hot air, but, it, but it's, it's, it's theoretical, it may be factual, it may be right, it may be wrong, but when they see the working model on the ground, the concrete, the masses are feminine, and females are guided by concrete, they can't think in abstract thoughts. When they see the working community, that's something they'll want to be part of. So the more families we have, it wouldn't take but a few hundred, and you'd have a new religion off and running, and there wouldn't be a damn thing the Jews could do to stop it. Not a damn thing. And yeah, so that's where we Jews must head. Did. We must pursue all these fronts yeah. at the same time, but we're on the media. Now we need to make it real. And that will hasten us to the yeah, day well, when we can topple the Jews as the political power in this country and take power ourselves and treat the Jews justly. As we they deserve to be treated, shown by their historical behavior. We can't do it if we're a serpent cut into little pieces. No, we can't. We, we'll be picked off as individuals. Everybody afraid to speak the truth. Everybody afraid to do what he knows is right because he thinks the system will come down on him. Well, it will if we're individuals. It will defeat us as individuals, but it can't defeat us working together. The people who are weak now in opposing them, they're just as weak if we're unified and going against them. They'll bend to our pressure as easily as they bend to the Jewish pressure. You have nothing to lose from joining us. You have everything to gain. You know that's true. You see how yeah, corrupt the elites are. are. You see what liars run the media in the local college. You know that what we're seeing is factual yeah, well, and accurate. Well, I encourage our readers to, to follow this uh, development closely in the forum at vnnforum.com and elsewhere. Uh, we do see, we have a, a case here uh, where, where we see the Jews working as a collective against white interests. We have a case, uh, Jane, you've sort of pioneered. This is the Edelstein Family Foundation, listed at uh, Shalom Foundation. Uh, this is an NPR report. Uh, I don't know if uh, Stan will have a clip for us or not by the time this is posted. Um, it's about studying whites, apparently, or white studies, and why whites should be studied, or why at all, since whites are the problem, according to Jews. Uh, Jane, you might want to just take this. Right, well, it's Minnesota Public Radio that ran this story, the audio interview, and uh, they have a very attractive doctor mom type of lady who uh, made the interview. Her name is uh, uh, Kathy... Wurzer, and she interviewed a head sociologist, or one of the three heads. This one was Douglas Hartman, who got his Ph.D. in California, and we have his picture. But the greater curiosity to this is that, again, it's Jewish people funding this. In this case, the Edelstein Family Foundation, which is listed as a, one of the endowments at the Shalom Foundation, and uh, it was uh, founded, I guess, by the brothers Jacob and David and sister Ruth Edelstein, former University of Minnesota students. Um, they found that a 75 or 76 percent of whites do identify as a people. And yet, uh, when this Kathy Wurzer asked Douglas Hartman, uh, 
uh, why study whites? Essentially, he said, because whites are the problem, are, are uh, endemic uh, racism, which somehow just never seems to translate to the same ethnic uh, uh, centricity that, that the Jewish people have. Uh, yeah, our, our ways are illegitimate. We're just white bread, white trash to be dismantled. Yeah, I, I know with. how to deal with the problem, and I know that this is what the Jews are thinking. Let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate here. How about this? We put them into work camps out in the, in the forest and work them to death. There, there's a solution to the problem. Let, let's, let's deprive them of their culture, stigmatize it, uh, corrupt their religions and traditions, and, uh, and run them into extinction. It's a hey, big job. that's a really good idea. Hey, yeah. where did they try that before? Oh, Russia. Mm -hmm. And now they're doing it to Germany. You can see it happening in Germany as well. And here. Mm -hmm. This is a great example of, their, of the culture of critique at work. And the culture of critique is the Jews. Where they this, critique this us study, tell us about ourselves. This study, Jeff, is called the American Mosaic Project. So just like these uh, bills in Congress that mean the exact opposite of what they're titled. Yeah. It's rather like those. And, this, and they, they say here, anti-Semitism is not driven by religious intolerance, but by competition. It is not a Jewish person's belief that threatens others. It's their success. Well, their success mm -hmm. is in large measure because of their uh, solidarity right. and because the flim-flams are willing to pull as well. Sure. I mean, if you get control of the law schools, as, as Craig and I documented, and then uh, they don't let in you know, non-Jews, they only let in white homos. I mean, yeah, there's successes from their networking, and they're keeping out anybody who describes what they're doing. And then they say, oh, you're jealous of our success. Well, if we had the professional qualifications to fill these roles and we're not allowed because we criticize the Jews, and i.e. describe what they're doing, well, hell yeah, we're resentful of them. We are the legitimate elite of white America, not the Jews currently operating this country. And we are from, from whence the revolution will come, if it is to come from anywhere. You people know, who have been wonder, not denied their right to lead. If you wonder why the flower of our white youth are running around with, with necklaces uh, around their necks, the men, and earrings uh, uh, in their noses, and uh, all this type of thing, and the baggy pants, th this is being directed by the people uh, you just mentioned, Craig, the Edel, Edelsteins here. They're mm -hmm. absolutely stigmatizing our race. And, and you, know, you wonder why we're not breeding? You, you wonder why we have this self-loathing? And we, you wonder why there's so much dissent and hate uh, of our own kind uh, amongst ourselves? Mm -hmm. Well, look, this is exactly what, this is, what Craig has shown us is exactly, and this is, this is funded by NPR. You yeah, know, the, mo the, the, the most successful part of that strategy is, of course, not letting anyone else know they're Jews, just that mm -hmm. we're white people and we're, we're investigating... You know our past as uh, murderers and uh, and as terrible people. So we, we're actually yeah. highly moral and liberal, and and we want to work out our our psycholo collective psychological problems. But once the mask is off and you know it's Jews, it's uh, it's an ethnic attack. Oh, Jeff. very definitely, it's a concealed ethnic attack carried out with the the victim's money. They yeah. club you over the head, steal your wallet, and say, "I'm going to use your your uh, your funds here to uh, conduct a study into what's wrong with you." You know, right after right. they they beat you up and stole your wallet. Now, look to me, this is repetitive. They already did this in the 50s with the the uh, Adorno. 
uh, study that basically demonized all aspects of the normal white and called him he's an authoritarian freak and sadistic and, and he hates others and, and this has long been the Jewish uh, modus operandus of uh, pathologizing uh, every aspect of normal white behavior, genes and culture. Yeah, well, Jeff, Jeff and Alex have both just covered this. I really want to address this because when, when Jeff said a few moments ago and now you talk about pathologizing uh, white behaviors and Jeff said that essentially the same thing. And Craig, I'm going to jump in with a story, Alex, and just yeah. tell you guys this. You may have read it, and I know he just doesn't like this, but there's this company in Canada, the same uh, Canadian kikes who uh, mm -hmm. uh, set the rules up there for Thomas Winnicky, who's in prison for doing what we're doing right here in Goyfire, mm -hmm. take note Europeans and Canadians. Anyway, there's, there's this company, La Zenza Girl, L-A-S-E-N-Z-A-G-I-R-L. And uh, it's owned by Canadian kikes, and now they're pushing padded bras for six-year-old girls, white girls. Wow. And, and they're, it's LaCenzaGirl.com. And I looked it all up. It's on the Internet. And, and I know you guys, you don't like it when I wide range like this, but it's, there's the CEO, Irv Tiedelbaum, and President mm. Stephen Gross own 9% of it. And, Sexualizing and it, young kids, yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. if you, and if you listen to the, uh, the music on the site, one of them says, Mucho Gusto, and then you hear a spick singing, Mucho Gusto, and then they go into uh, some, uh, uh, a nigger song, and it says, uh, uh, what is it, we're not the same, here's the lyric, we're not the same, we're different in a good way, together's where we belong, and all the niggers are hollering that. And uh, again, this is a kite company, and they have like 350-some stores. And and this is what they're pushing: padded bras for six-year-old kids. Now, if that's yeah. not to, uh, talk about uh, uh, pedophile and, and mind-altering at every level of culture, and, and there being the people behind these movements. How many proofs do we have to show you, people who listen to Goyfire or consider these? They're things? trying to turn white girls into whores and, and white men into homos or, or uh, wiggers. Yeah. Race mixing or just whores. Plain pussies. Yeah. And and oh, yeah, they're all wearing of all pride. And I say I say you see it in their body language walking around that they're downbeat. On this they're, on this website, Alex, this Lasenza girl. Remember, it's run by Kikes people. L a s e n z a g i r l dot com. They have these uh, a couple of just gorgeous uh, young white girls. You can tell they're going to be beautiful women, and they're dancing around, uh, running around with niggers and with their hats twisted on crooked mm -hmm. and everything else. And, Craig, and you even little, see that now from mainstream uh, ones like J C Penny. Where their their back to school stuff is always completely yeah. niggerized and hip hop, That's right. and uh, total race mixing with attractive mulattoes. <laughs> yeah, well, getting back to Adorno for a second. Again, he had the mo of being a philosopher and a psychologist, and then Adorno is is a fake name, and only after getting through four levels of identification can you finally do you finally realize this is a kike. And, and uh, all this self-effacing moralizing is, is, in fact, an ethnic attack. And where did his, he and his coterie of kikes originate? Frankly, How did they get over here in America? Because they Russia. weren't born they here. They came out of Russia, then they went to Germany. They were flushed out of Germany by the Hitler that the Jews claim uh, killed them all. Well, Jesus Christ, I wish he had killed them. Unfortunately, he did. sociologists didn't. at the American Mosaic Study, funded by Edelstein, are also the direct lineal uh, uh, purveyors of these... Franz Boas, uh, Theodore Adorno, mm -hmm. uh, thought forms that whites are supposed to adopt, self-loathing and uh, critiquing our, our cultures. Franz Boas, again, was the academic, the founder of American anthropology, or the re-founder of it, around 1900, who claimed that nothing is a matter of race and everything is a matter of culture, and anybody can be acculturated to whatever pattern you want. 
And since white patterns are defective, we ought to become more like the, the tribal natives who are peaceful and free-loving. And, and his, his pseudo-scientific claims meshed perfectly with the Jewish political agenda so that he wouldn't tell you the truth about people like Aztecs, as we mentioned earlier, who are uh, ripping the hearts out and eating people alive. So they, they lie about it. Demonize. I, Craig, the point I was going to make before you went off was, uh, was about people who don't understand the word pathologizing is, is the term that academics use to describe uh, they make ordinary white behavior seem sick. Pathology means sickness. So that everything that we do that's normal, like controlling our families or, or going to church or, or not wearing you know, padded bras as six-year-old daughters, you know, they, they make all that abnormal and perverse. And they, they make it a, a thing of sickness and, dis, and disgust. And they analyze it not as normal but as, as pathological and deviant. And thereby use that pseudoscientific excuse to destroy our culture and the... And the, and the idea that they're improving it, under the, under the claim that they're improving it or helping us. And right, the girls are time, normal. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, they're, they're, total, they're, not, they're totally hypocritical uh, to this, this tact. Of course, they don't believe a, a word they say. In fact, no, they, 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 they do, they, they're complete cynics, uh, and they're open to do anything. But at the same time, they're moralizing all the time. To they get build a wall around Israel. They won't even mix with their own uh, <laughs> fellows who share genes. Their genetic brothers they won't mix with, but they're mixing you with niggers who do nothing but destroy you. And they know it. They absolutely know it. And they like it. They, they're sadistic. They, they enjoy inflicting pain on white people. Do you think there's not hate behind their barbs of white trash and, and redneck and trailer trash? Of course there are. Of course that's driven by hate. They well, hate, those are the white oh, men who resisted and had to be forced at gunpoint to integrate with niggers. They hate those people because they were only trying to protect. They're fully aware of that. They know that Martin Luther King was a plagiarist. They know that he rented whores. They know that he beat women. They just don't want to tell you that. They want to, they want to lord him over you and rename all your streets after these fucking nigger, nigger heroes. If you fight back, you're evil. Well, we have to fight back. We cannot allow the Jews to control our country. The Jews didn't found America. They have, they have no right to be here at all. We were better before they were here, and we'll be better after they're gone. Certainly We've probably clear. gone beyond this, but uh, about Mr. Boaz, uh, I, I'm not sure we made clear that he is a Jew, of course. Frank Boaz, yeah, Jew yes. from Germany. And, yes, and I would like to, uh, in the interest of, of, uh, of white interests, if you're interested in anthropology, you can read Lothrop, Stoddard, Madison Grant, and Carlton Coons. Those are three uh, Aryan uh, anthropologists. That uh, Carlton Kuhn, just just straight C O N. Oh, it's a no S. Okay, and no. uh, Carlton Kuhn, Lothrop Stoddard, and Madison Grant. And uh, you, if you're interested in the, in the subject of uh, anthropology, and and you'll get the real tradition of anthropology, not the uh, Jewified uh, the, version the of Mr. physical Boyce. anthropology, where it was built on the facts that came from bones uh, that yeah. were studied in legitimate cultural studies, not not from the culture as everything lies school that Boaz founded. Whenever you find Jews founding academic disciplines, you find lies. Yes. And you, you, you if you haven't heard of, of Boaz, you've certainly heard of Margaret Mead, who is mm -hmm. a prime uh, Goy sort of front disciple slash student of uh, Boaz and who went to Samoa and made a study of the people there that purported to show that they were living better lives than Americans by following the Jewish agenda for white Americans. Well, it was later revealed that she was full of shit. But what what needs to be emphasized is oh, this... this uh, 
quasi-cult infected virtually every major university in the country the same way that uh, they control law schools. Uh, Franz yeah. Boas and all his lineal descendants, this, you cannot go against this uh, supposed orthodoxy now. Well, yeah, like, in, like we in say, sociology. Yeah. he founded anthropology around the turn of the century at, I think, Columbia, and then his disciples went out and founded similar schools all around the country, just like cancer spreading through your body from a lymph node here to a lung there to a kidney over there. It, it, wherever Jews go, and that, one of their favorite, their favorite epithets for academics who tell the truth is pseudo. He's a pseudo-scientist. But that's a clue that he's a real scientist because they themselves are the master practitioners of pseudo-science. That is, they use science because it has credibility, unlike the Jews themselves, as a cover for their political agenda, which is always an ethnic attack by Jews on whites. The Jew right, is your well, enemy. There's no other way to put it, or no, no more complex way that it needs to be put. He is yeah, well, responsible for the statements and all the uh, stuff we've seen in today's show. Okay, closing, closing statement. Sta yeah. Well, uh, this is Goyfire 39. We've got 38. Well, you'll probably have heard by the time you're hearing this. should be up tonight. And uh, um, we're going to keep speeding ahead, as we always are. Keep updating all our sites. We encourage you to join us. A bit of internal VNN uh, news in uh, memory of 9-11. Uh, uh, we're going to be posting uh, Loose Change 9-11, one of the foundational uh, videos exposing the truth behind 9-11, the facts uh, of not, about 9-11. We're going to post that. Uh, we're going to offer that uh, for download off from VNN. Uh, that day only. It's a big download, so... Uh, take advantage of it if you haven't downloaded this uh, file directly, and to save it to your hard disk drive. So, I'd, I'd like go. to uh, I'd like to encourage all the 11 to 16 year olds in the public schools in the United States to go on the internet and search Tokarian mummies, C T O rather T O C H A R I A N, and then uh, uh, put a picture of their swastika plate on the front cover of your notebooks. Or just draw some swastikas on your notebooks and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you want to buck the system? Yeah. White nationalism bucks the it's system, a, tattoos and the rest of it. That's with yeah. the system. The system wants that stuff. Yeah. Nothing they want like you a to bigger be a hip-hop. Uh, revolt or hullabaloo than, than uh, put a swastika on your high school or, or, or elementary or uh, uh, middle school notebook and see what happens. You're, you're not fighting the system when you listen to hip-hop. You're helping the system. The system is built on you screwing yourself by listening to that garbage and following that garbage pattern. And it wants you to do that. What is right. the truth well, about your people? They lie that you're a Euro mutt or that you're white trash. Well, the truth is quite interesting. The Tokarians are a good avenue into discovering that. So go ahead and Google them up. Right. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, as ever, you can uh, get our feed and subscribe to it uh, and keep listening in. There's always new and interesting things to report on. In fact, you probably wouldn't have known the baseline killer was a, a non-white had you not tuned in. Uh, so, yeah, once again, we are the good guys. Thanks for listening. Sages wishing you the best of good lives.